Man, that song is a banger. Uh, I can do this. All right. Welcome back to Four Geeks by Geeks, where geeks come to geek out. My name's Farrells Barkley. He did it! I have a very loud sound in my ear. (laughs) How are you guys doing? How's everybody doing? Doing good. I'm so good. Right. I love sitting over here and having control of all the buttons, but not actually being in charge. (laughs) That's right. I don't know how that's uh, different than any other day. Damn. Correct. That's fair. Uh, so, what's happening tonight is the first season of Cloudscape has come to an end, uh, which I'm sure you guys have recorded way past that. But um, I have surprisingly no. <laughs> Jokes on you. <laughs> that's fair. Hey, summertime's busy time. Um. I have been allowed to force everyone to sit down and talk about it for the next questionable amount of hours, and I am going to take full advantage of that responsibility. Um, I think the kind of the way this is going to work is we'll start, we'll just like give a you know, brief description of an episode or something, um, and then I'll ask my questions that I have on my list, and then if anyone else has questions in the chat, or the cast, or uh, the DM himself, is it DM or GM? What is it in this one? GM? GM for Fate Core, yeah. All right. Uh, feel free to ask away or just comment on you know, what you what crazy shit happened in that episode because pretty much nonstop you guys are trying to die. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like toddlers. <laughs> so far unsuccessful. Well, yeah, actually, I don't think Waylon even took much damage in those fights. That's Not really, yeah. Was I was literally trying. <laughs> I was bleeding. I bled. Ah, nobody it makes you bleed your own. Before we get too far into the questions, Farls, can we just yeah, first thank you for being willing to do this? And when we, we've done a skydive like mid season previously, and it, it was fun, but it was just like all of us talking in an echo chamber. And we're like, you know, who'd be really good leading this discussion is our only fan. Dot <laughs> 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 com. <laughs> it's bold of you to say Alec must not be here, so <clears throat> Alec is a fan of FGBG, but nobody is as big a fan as Farrell's, at least that we've seen. Like every week, this man in our Discord goes back and listens or watches <laughs> the episode, and then we'll do a live commentary of in of reaction in real time of everything that happened. And it's like my favorite thing of the week. And it's just wonderful to know that something we're doing is appreciated by at least one person. And so now that one person is going to sit here and get to talk to us. And just we talk grill to you. What a reward. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. Look, I feel like my feelings are going to get hurt, and that's okay. <laughs> You're in the military. Hey. You'll be fine. I, I am a shit player. It's fine. I understand. I, uh, I got in at the ground level. <clears throat> That's a good point, and I think we'll get into that a little bit later, is just this fake course seems like it leads itself really to a lot of really good storytelling that that a lot of, you kind of miss in, especially uh, Dungeons and Dragons. It's a lot, just very different. Um, I do have some questions to start off with, uh, kind of like session zero type stuff before we, I guess we could, I can read what happened in episode one, because you guys all appeared out of thin air. Um <laughs> Pretty so much. if you guys don't remember, uh, you we basically met everyone 
it, the the whole group in the city of Aurora, there was this really cute uh, scene with Nan where everyone instantly fell in love with her, and Kit was there too. Um, <laughs> and, <laughs> um, and it was 150 years, the the sexy centennial or something sexy of the. <laughs> yeah. No, but I don't care what it really is. It's now the sexy centennial. Sesquicentennial. I tried pronouncing that a thousand times earlier today, and I, I gave up. So it's. I've it's... never attempted to say that word. Is that a new <laughs> I said it like three times in one episode. <laughs> I think I, 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 I remember that. Um, so there was a big festival happening, um, and I guess 150 years ago, some crazy event happened and involved Zodisium, which destroyed the planet, made it unlivable. Everyone moved to the clouds. There's a bunch of cities up there floating around, having a good time, also getting really high on this drug called X that they're all making, and it's in your it's everywhere. Um, what happened this episode? So. Kit finds out that uh, Nan is wanted by the Gold family because of her missing dad. And so she's like, oh, I'll take care of this because I'm a badass. Uh, Tobias had stolen something. I don't know. Sirkin broke a smut, stop, smut store shopkeeper's finger after uh -huh. buying a book off of him. <laughs> Terrifying. Uh, That's what you get which, for selling a book to Sirkin. <laughs> which was kind of the I don't think it was most sold. Oh, it was it. sold. It was stolen and then sold. He paid for it, and then the guy was absolved of his sins somehow by breaking his fingers. Um, Theo met with Faust. 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 Uh, Faust. Talk about some sort of blackmailing. He's uh, and then he kind of blackmailed him in return to immediately, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which was, I mean, pretty on brand. I think we you find out later for Theo. Um, and Waylon's doing some cool warehouse shit. Uh, just punching things and, and being awesome uh and Al's good. yes that is exactly what i thought of when i saw it actually um <laughs> hmm. Al, alsvid is casing the crowd at the festival um yeah. and he ends up trying to well he succeeds in <laughs> picking serkin's <laughs> pocket in the most ridiculous uh sequence of events that i i could have seen in a first episode um and then you know, explosion happens and, and Kit clotheslines a terrorist in an alley. <laughs> uh, and that is pretty much what happened in the opening <laughs> episode. It's uh, it, was, it was wild. Um, you so make now me everyone wonder knows. how that took two hours. <laughs> <laughs> I missed, I, I, I skipped a lot of the good stuff. Um, like, uh, let's see, who uh, it was Al uh, messed with some, some light guards that were messing with some people really made him look like the Robin Hood kind of character that we all believe he is yeah. uh, <laughs> for, for now. <laughs> um, okay, the first couple questions I have for this, this is for, for Bozer on just the overall like plot. Like, how did you come up with this whole floating city, Zodisium, sexy centennial uh, combination of things? It, it's like, it's really cool. Well, good. I'm glad I'm not the only one that thinks it's kind of cool. Um, strangely enough, when I knew that I was going to DM this campaign, I didn't know what the campaign would be, but I knew I was going to run it and it was going to be homebrew, both of which are first times for me. I remember coming back from, actually, I think from my uncle's funeral. I think I was just driving in the car for a long time and Caitlin was asleep 
And I was just thinking through like what would be cool. And I just had this idea of like sitting in the clouds would be cool. Um, I want some sort of, I was actually inspired by something, but I don't want to say exactly what, because it might be a little too telling for the future. So later down the road, maybe after season two or when you guys unveil something, then uh, I'll be a little more forthcoming about my like direct inspiration. But I just thought this thing was so cool and I could make a spin on it. Um, and yeah, I wanted, I wanted a, a kind of a gritty setting meets some sort of fantasy-esque. Um, I don't know. I just I had, I was excited about building something brand new and trying not to let it be exactly like something that I already knew existed, even though it's turning more and more into City of Mist, <laughs> which what was our improved? previous campaign. No, yes. can't improve on perfection. <laughs> <laughs> far from perfect fair enough um yeah I, I mean it's very like bioshock infinite kind of in a way where it's like you know everything yeah and yeah it's it's pretty cool um i guess that's kind of the aesthetic i have in my head good yeah that's pretty much what i imagine every time i'm i'm watching it um meanwhile if I, I guess I'll just say this now. If you guys aren't watching the YouTube video of it, seeing everyone's reactions to all of the crazy shit that happens is almost as good as watching the show itself. Uh, specifically, Josh's facial reactions to pretty much any event that happens. Um, it's just like, it's like pure gold. It's its good stuff. I've never been um, accused of having a stoic face. <laughs> Yeah, except for Sirkin probably has. Yes, um, for sure. So for all of you guys, I know we talked. You talked about it a little bit the last time we had this. Uh, this little I forget what this is called. Um, sky dive. That sounds fun. Yeah. Um, how did you guys come about creating your characters? Um, uh, whoever wants to take it, because it, they're all so different, and they all kind of lend to a weird group dynamic that you wouldn't. You know, it's like everyone's out for themselves, but at the same time, everyone is like able to assist each other in getting what they want while also using them at the same time in, in Serkin's case to get whatever they want. Um, I guess, what do you, what were you thinking about when you created the the characters? I'm going to need to go last on this one because think a lot happened for my characters very <laughs> quickly in a pilot. Uh, uh, I can I, go first or, or Josh sounded go like ahead, you were man. excited as well. Okay, yeah. cool. Um, because uh, for me, it like Bioshock uh, Infinite was like a huge thing I was thinking about. I wanted, uh, I, first of all, I never played a, a game that wasn't D&D, &D, like when it was uh, like TTRPG style game. I've never played anything other than D&D. &D, so I was like, okay, like like swords and magic are like kind of, like not like entirely off the table. Bowser was super open to like anything you think is cool, we can like integrate. But um, right off the bat, I was thinking, okay, so it's not fantasy. What is, like, a simple kind of machine that I can have that's not a gun that's going to be, like, I can, like, base an entire character around? And, yeah, uh, yeah like, so thinking about, like, old video games, uh, like, Bionic Commando was, like, the main one, right? Where you've got this, like, weird, like, grappling hook kind of, like, arm. And uh, the idea of giving myself some challenges for the character um, and how I could do that, and the like that was just like perfect for me. Was like, okay, I have a grappling hook, but it replaces my arm. You know, like I thought that that yeah. would be like a good way to just internally balance myself. 
because I love the idea like Cloud City being able to like have air mobility was like something I was really interested in. Um, it's fair. And then and then after that it was kind of all like retconning in like how to make that kind of make sense. Okay, he's missing an arm. How did he miss his arm? You know, and so like he's had life experience, so he gets this like like it kind of like it, the more I was thinking about it, the older he got <laughs> until, he became, <laughs> until he became this like grizzled veteran with a chip on his shoulder, you know. And then it was like figuring out where the chip came from and everything like that. It all just yeah. kind of it it all stemmed from just like wanting to keep it like fun in video gamey, but also like again like just like by the way that we kind of got the the opening. Um, like synopsis felt like I should have some kind of grittiness felt like we were going to try to keep it you know what I mean like around the law so it kind of yeah I don't know it's just kind of trying to keep it dark but also light at the same time was the is like the mobility aspect of your character something that fake core prescribed and you gave it flavor or is that something that you just wanted to add on your own fake core is insane like fake core is basically like if you're a power player in D&D Fake core is your game because basically all you have to is say is say, well, I spend a fate point, and it happens. No, it's fair. You know, it's like it's it's per so like for me, I love to optimize, to but I point. also well, no, but it is like it, like when you're making your character, it's just basically like write your character and the things, and if your DM or GM approves of it, then it's just real. Yeah, pretty much. You yeah, know? like anything you can think of is real, and so I wanted to have a superpower. I wanted to have an ability but I didn't want it to be too fantasy, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. Cool. Um, I forgot to ask this right before we started. Uh, do you guys want me to call you by your names or do you want me to call you by your characters? Is there a preference here? No preference. I'll probably, I could call everyone by their character except for maybe Sirkin over there because it's <laughs> terrifying. I, I have a, I have a note or a, a question here that's for Josh and it just, it, it's not a question, just Sirkin is creepy as fuck. And that's it. Uh, that, that <laughs> just wanted to let you know. Yep. How did and you I made that, come up I with... made that enemy episode one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And you could tell on my face. I was like, oh, no, this is. Not... <laughs> Someday that's going to come home to roost and we'll just have to wait and see what happens. I'm just hoping enough things happen to where you just never realize it. Right. Exactly. But it seems, like, head. Yeah. it seems like Sirkin kind of is very much like if you it, he's he's very truthful like he doesn't like fake things to people so if he likes you or thinks you're remarkable or whatever i feel like that's a very trustworthy like you can trust that he's like you're trust cool i'm not gonna rip your hand off to use. Eh, mm. he seems it seems well, incredibly trustworthy when he you tells you something about that statement again, please, <laughs> all right you're gonna have to give me As some someone uh, who's listened some to the show you know better <laughs> <laughs> hey, Wait, if he says he's gonna uh, absolve you of your sins, <laughs> he probably told him he's gonna take his hand off. I would trust him in that. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Well, and that's the thing that what makes something that I find amazing about this show in general is that I, I created the this character because I usually play something as more of a. Uh, I usually play a more leader type character or a more comedic character and i wanted to go all the way in the opposite direction and i There's also the funniest character on the show <laughs> <laughs> i i also love a uh i love an anti-hero redemption story i love the villain turned good guy and so 
the idea of picking up a character that has had a, a series of causing misery for a twisted purpose that he felt justified about how does that change when he no longer when the faith breaks how does that change him and then with us before our session zero sharing our backstories a little bit uh you know it wasn't initially uh, we didn't plan wayland and i to twine our stories that way it's just yeah. when we shared that he was <clears throat> going to have a hand removed we were like hey let's yeah. let's tie it let's build a, a connection and it ended up has it's informed so much of these characters in the story between these guys yeah, it was yeah. actually like something really interesting because yeah, what you just said. I wrote that I lost my arm being tortured by a yep. rival gang before mm -hmm. we knew any of the other gang names. That's how it happened, and he works for a rival gang as a torturer. That was yeah. that was two different thoughts. Yeah, <laughs> that's cool. Um, I will say the 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 video the the animation for that scene the flashback was awesome, uh, very Thank unexpected. You. Yeah, uh, I, skipped, yes. I, I skipped ahead to that. That was episode three or something. <laughs> um, I just, I hope it happens again because that was very unexpected and very cool when it popped up. Also, that was done by, I think you did the voice. I'm just looking at you now with the yeah. weird head tilt. <laughs> and uh, Austin did the animation, right? Yeah, right? Just, just drew it. Uh, the animation, I think, was like all done in post from uh, cool. Josh. I just, yeah, it was, I all, it was cool. all stills that I just put some effects to give it some cool. light yeah that was great um, it turned out really really well that's because austin's incredibly talented oh thank you yeah thank you. all of our merch is uh, by austin too and there's gonna be more <laughs> dropping this week boom woo, woo, woo. so many times the nan merch and i'm here <laughs> nan merch oh shit i should take that slutty nan? nan sketch that i did and we can make that into a t-shirt i a need that on a hoodie yeah, <laughs> we need oh, to man. figure out what's the Aurora version of Playboy. Nice, plain because it's got to be classy. Sky Bunny. Sky Bunny. Oh, Sky Bunny. oh. there it is. Man right. on the cover of Sky Bunny. If that Bunny. doesn't work itself into an episode, here we go. I'm leaving. <laughs> All right, um, Britt, Kit, you can go next. How did you come up with this character? Okay, so when we auditioned for the show, we kind of had to give a kind of like a loosey-goosey of what we wanted to play or what we would think kind of would work in this um, world. Um, and I've always wanted to play a D&D &D equivalent of an artificer, which if you don't know what an artificer is, they're kind of like the fix-it type of person. Um, so when I was getting down to like actually designing my character, I was like, Oh, mechanic, you know, and I, 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 I think as I heard everyone else's character, it mm -hmm. made me fight more to keep her not a criminal. Um, <laughs> everyone That's else is a funny. criminal, yeah. and I was like, okay, well, I don't want to go to the. Okay, Theo, yeah. you are. He you wasn't no a criminal yet. Theo does not a have a criminal yet. record. Criminal doesn't mean um, you're not a criminal. That's exactly what that means. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> so are you saying, there, are you saying there's no such thing as criminals unless they've been caught? Correct. Innocent until proven guilty. That's the most stupid thing I've ever heard in my life. The court of law works. We are live now, though, right? 
that, <laughs> that is forever etched. Um, but honestly, I was like, I'm just going to play what I wanted to play because I didn't want to... I felt like sh because she was the odd person out, um, it would make a good storyline. Um, and honestly, yeah. she's a lot different than I thought. And I don't hate it. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, let's see. Lucas, Alsvid, uh, seems like the most, this, you guys are all going to probably disagree with me on this, but the most grounded and like normal character out of the group that is just like doing his thing, trying to be a normal human I being. I don't know how I'm supposed to argue that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> okay. I'm a, I'm a homeless man with one arm fighting crime. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's fair. I just figured that, you know, every time I've said, oh, this person's like uh, like calling Al the Robin Hood, that was instantly like, T was like, fuck no. <laughs> How did you come up with Al? So, and, uh, and the name, too. So, I like to look at, um, like, the meanings of names and stuff like that. So, I actually went through and was looking at names that kind of, like, meant something towards the job I was trying to do. And so, like, don't ask me what it means right off the top because I don't really don't remember. But <laughs> <laughs> but um, I, I looked at the party comp that we had and I was like, okay, what can I be good at in this city? Because I knew I, I didn't want to be uh, like an X user because we had the you know chance to do it. I my first rough draft I was, but then I was like, you know, I'm not gonna do that. Let's let's see what fits in. The party doesn't have like a rogue type character yet so i was like all right and i don't typically play rogues and D because &D i play D, D a lot well so i was like all right well who's who's like a big kind of roguish robin hood-esque character oh han solo all right bet so i i, I took all those kind of things put them together and like tried to build my character around like that idea and in coming episodes it's it's really funny to watch me be like hey i'm supposed to be really good at this whole like burglary thing and then my roles are shit <laughs> <laughs> he was never meant to be a rogue card. they've seen it already <laughs> it's happened multiple I, um, <laughs> there was a moment uh for wayland in like episode three where you just kept rolling like shit and you were like what do i what do i need to like lick <laughs> to to get yeah. better rolls and then like six episodes later you're rolling like 12s um yeah so i think i think you figured you figured that out somehow well season two <laughs> we're right it. back in the dirt i know we gotta lick it again whatever i licked i gotta find it because <laughs> it's not a one and done kind of thing you gotta upkeep yeah. and maintenance that shit yeah that's on me <laughs> that's on me t theo how'd you come up with well i think uh some 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 fate point usage might have changed some things in your in your path forward. So it you, actually but... happened before that. So I specifically remember walking through Target with Sky as she was clothes shopping, and Bo's just like, "Hey, what do you want like the intro to your character be?" So I write out this full thing because Theo originally always was going to be a fixer, and I figured he was going to be a more political fixer in the sense of like he was going to play in the upper echelon deal with the high and mighty and what better way to be embedded in them is to sleep with somebody way on up 
Uh, well, Bozer completely misconstrued that idea. So when he is giving me this intro with Faust, I'm sitting there on the fly like, oh, I'm not sleeping with this individual like I thought I was. Uh, I am now working for this individual. <laughs> no. So wait. I am on the fly completely rewriting this character's backstory because Bozer and I just had a clear miscommunication oh. over text on what <laughs> this introduction was supposed to be. I never knew this. You were oh, supposed man. to be a honeypot? I was supposed to be a honeypot. Like, the... <laughs> and so then I was like, no, oh. that's fine. I can still be a political fixer. This is okay. Oh. And then as you had just mentioned, uh, there's a fate point that gets involved later on that again completely takes this character and takes it on a 180 because Josh, must like Austin, will just say the things that come to his mind without much thought. Um, and so we... <laughs> We meet Juliana, and they're like, oh, yeah, that's Theo's goddaughter. And I was like, well, that, Liana. again, just changes Liana. That just, again, changes this in character's entire <laughs> dynamic. Her name? Can I ask what her real name is? Because it's Juliana. Liana. Leona. I think everybody has a different pronunciation. All I know, <laughs> all I remember is clotheslining her. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so wow. yeah, then obviously when Barrett it came Leon. to uh, meeting this funny. terrorist, I was like, oh, this will be a very interesting way for Theo to get introduced into the underground world because now he's going to be embedded with like these terrorist types. And Josh's like, it's his goddaughter. I'm like, oh, so <laughs> all right. So Theo is clearly now already going to have her either. <laughs> <laughs> So Theo now has to figure out things on the fly. And I was like, all right. So I, I wanted the political fixer because at the time I had just finished uh, Mayors of Kingstown, which is an incredible show if nobody has watched it yet. But then mm -hmm. also at the same time, I started watching um, Lincoln Lawyer, the new TV show. And I was like, OK, this could be a lot more fun because I knew Leo Theo was going to be a lawyer. I wanted that the out of game court type scenario. And I was like, all right, so if I tell Mayor of Kingstown, Lincoln lawyer, and just really be that man of the people and then interact with both worlds. Uh, and then once we had the terrorist connection and all these gangs, and I was like, okay, now we have a little more idea and we see a lot more of Theo's uh, inner demons in the later part of the season. And then now we're starting to maybe expand upon that a little bit more in season two yeah theo's kind I, of a psycho well, like hold on now compliment <laughs> you real quick t i think something that interesting that you have underplayed pretty well is that after getting into the shit how much you jumping in is about protecting the reputation you've built for yourself Yes. among other things yes but you've always found a way to put something in put a noble face on something right in front of your legacy and, and your other image that theo's built and so we haven't got and mm. i'm hoping this is something that gets to be explored i don't know realistically if it will uh theo very much so has a self-destructive tendency um that derives from his paternal figures uh so i I do intentionally kind of play into that a little bit because I want to, when Theo's backstory gets explored a little bit more, um, there's a lot of backstory stuff that's going to make a lot more sense of why Theo reacts and does the things he does because uh, he full-heartedly self-sabotages as much as humanly possible. What are you talking about? He just, uh, you know, told a reporter to 
Or no, he had Don Cucci send flowers in his name to Mr. Gold and said, go read the news. Again, logically, logically, that wouldn't be a smart play. No, not at all. No. You guys are trying to kill yourselves. This game is All the time, constantly. He says, like, something he does, and I'm just like, you're sure? That's what you want to do? My favorite part is catching everybody's reactions uh, <laughs> because the first one that really got me because getting Josh to break is my goal whenever <laughs> we play because everybody else gets him and I've only gotten him twice once early in season two uh, and then the palm strike into uh, dipshit's chest. Feels um, <laughs> rad because everybody that reacts the <laughs> it's what I live for. Uh, it's everything I. Every action I get is so I can get that. What the what? Because that's my favorite reaction. I actually have event. a question. I actually have a question. Um, if I don't know if you're being coy or or you are actually confused, but sometimes you will do a play like that and we'll be like, are you crazy? And you'll go, what? <laughs> and I've always been curious. I'm always curious if you're like, if you're, you pee, like, what's wrong with that? What do you mean? Or or if this or if this is just you like as doing some kind of joke that I just don't get. Do you want my honest answer? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't understand the consequences of actions a lot of times, and this is like me no. as a real life person. Um, it gets me in a lot of trouble. I very much so have a ask for forgiveness, not permission mentality. Um, <laughs> I didn't expect to be alive this long. So any consequences happening in my life and I'm like, well, you just got to enjoy the moment while it happens. Uh, mm. So I just say things because I want to see what unravels. Yeah. Political okay, cool. fixer. Mm, mob boss. Mm. <laughs> More the mentality you got going on. Like, Absolutely. It's a little off topic, but uh, T joined in as a, a guest for a couple episodes of a campaign that I was in with Brit. <laughs> and in like two episodes, he single handedly started the end of the world by flooding it um, and just like swam Jesus around Christ. as a whale. In and my that, defense, was I was given the item thrice yeah, to start true. the apocalypse. Doesn't mean you have to start it. You can't uh, try to very through what I was is. doing. The moment I stepped foot in that group chat. Yeah, that's, that's the fair. best way to guest star on someone's <laughs> campaign is to come in, create end game, and then you're gone. I had to make <laughs> sure I was memorable. Everything yeah. I do is so I can be remembered. <laughs> oh and also, God. I want to, I want to, like Simba said in chat, he had conversations with the skull. Like, <laughs> that's true. To himself type of conversations. Like, yeah. And I wasn't it named Tabitha too? Yeah. Oh shit. Yeah. I forgot about that. Tabitha, you named her Tabitha. I'm really bad at naming things, so this all was happening at the same time. So I ran with the same names because it was just at the forefront of my brain. That's amazing. Um. All right. So I'm gonna skip ahead to episodes two and three just to for the sake of you know moving things sure. along. Um. I'll read through episode two real quick. Uh, so basically what happens is Sirkin falls in love with Na Nan. Uh, that was pretty much immediate, like the first line of the, the episode. Uh, it turns out that um, Theo's goddaughter is the terrorist that was clotheslined by Kit. Um, that was also the first fate point that was spent, right? Is that yep. is that the first it one? It was. Yep. That's 
pretty good fashion. Completely derailed everything. Um, it set a tone. So, it's for yeah. sure. It's uh, Theo knows everybody. Um, oh so God, the yes, light guard was waved down to help. Uh, they got everyone out of there. Um, Kit broke Nan's foot as a distraction. <laughs> Which was the most ridiculous thing I, I could have ever expected. Um, and then she hotwires Serkin's car. Um, <laughs> and then Liana uh, tries to eat a capsule. And uh, that is the end of episode two. Um, real quick, I'll skip, skip ahead and read episode three because they're kind of somewhat Doesn't related. Theo hit her to get the capsule out of her mouth? Yeah, you did some. I don't remember exactly what it was, but you like kicked her in the stomach or something. <laughs> And like, and then tip the whole chair back in the fo the force of the. Yeah, that's right. After telling me I couldn't hurt her, I was very upset. <laughs> I was pouty. And then, and then in episode three, we meet the first of Theo's exes. I think um, when he asked, he called and asked them to take a a, a sample of it or figure out what right, that yeah. the pill was. Molly, um, Molly, it's Molly. Molly. The X is Molly, not the drug. Um, Correct. <laughs> Theo so is sober-ish. In episode three, uh, yeah, I guess you were all drinking sober. whiskey this whole time. Uh, Literally Kit the promises, entire campaign. Kit goes home, promises to cook a pot roast for dinner, and but then instead <laughs> makes Nan a sandwich, uh, like just a, 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 a <laughs> shitty sandwich, <clears throat> goes to the hammered glass uh, to meet the Gold family associate, which happens to be Sirkin. Um... Also, Waylon and Serkin meet for the first time since Serkin removed his hand. That was a very touching moment where um, yeah, Serkin told me he was remarkable, which means he's probably going to die in seven days. Um, <laughs> We're on day three. Theo, so. <laughs> yeah, no, this is this so is literally time. this has been like 12 hours into the campaign. It's amazing. Correct. Yeah. Um, Theo makes pasta, uh, lets the Liana go. Oh, um, yeah. Has Wayland go track her back to the university? Wayland falls on Chad. Chad, um, Chad. rest in pieces, Pour virginity. Chad, and I forgot uh, about the virginity. <laughs> Landed on and broke that poor kid's virginity. Oh. Yeah, this was, was a brutal moment. Um, Could have used a fate point for that. I'm just saying, you didn't have to fall on Chad. Um, <laughs> Kit allows Serkin to enter the auto shop to figure out where her dad went. Serkin runs into Haven which is uh, his associate, who's also a prick and just kind of a prick, um, and has to meet My with the golds. My favorite NPC voice, by the way. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Ooh, I, I don't remember Haven's NPC voice at all. It's He's got like a... Fish. It's it's got, uh, like, no? No. <laughs> no. Yes. Yeah. Yes. yes. Yeah. Dirty Cockney accent. Yeah. It's a little like this. Would you like a popsicle? It's a little like that. I'm leaving. <laughs> it's basically Balor. Got some popsicles in the basement. Uh, and That's then immediately where my brain went, I was like, that wasn't Haven. <laughs> the the, the episode ends with Kit uh, smashing the car that her and her dad had worked on together into pieces, um, which was a pretty intense scene. Um, all right, there's a lot to unpack there. First, Kit broke Nan's foot. What was <laughs> what was the the process, the thought process behind that? I mean, it, it worked as a distraction, but he also broke her yeah. foot. Why not her like arm or something? I Jesus. break her arm. <laughs> why why was the alternative break something else? <laughs> it's something, well, that, it's something that you gotta walk on, you, you know. For. 
I mean, if you got to break something, something that you don't yeah, want. Yeah, probably on. the small bones in your feet, not a whole arm. Hey, at this point, you know, hips are important for old ladies. Nobody it's, it's, asked Faros to fucking save you in a moment. It's like, ah, I had to break your neck, guys. It was only option available. <laughs> I'm not up there. I don't know. Um, I panicked. <laughs> yeah. I was like, ah, ah, oh. I stepped on her foot. Yeah, was there a was... roll? Like, did you roll yeah. exceptionally well? Yeah. Mm -hmm. She rolled super high. I think she rolled oh. like a seven. Negative. Oh, yes. I think Nan did roll negative, much like Chad. <laughs> yeah, because in Fate, there's no AC. It's just you roll your attack. The other person rolls their defense. You add your, you know, basically your modifiers, depending on which skill you're using. And then it, however. And that's why Wayland different. keeps killing people. And that's why. Um, I think we should star. <laughs> <laughs> How much did that uh, fate point for the grand, uh, the the goddaughter, fuck you up in that moment? Just on a scale I, of like one. To I'm going to be honest. In the moment, I absolutely hated it, um, <laughs> and not in the sense that like, god damn it, like this completely ruins everything. But because I just come off of that strong pivot with Bozer. When Josh mm. said it was, I'm going to roll with the punches, especially with fate points being spent. Uh, and it was like the third time I had talked to Josh ever. So we're <laughs> still very much so like feeling each other out, like our creative processes. And so at the moment, I was like, you know what? Fuck that idea. But all right, this is what we got to do. So the moment I hated it, and then I think you can see it on my face like six minutes later. I'm like, you know what? I can work with this. There's potential here. Yeah, you pivoted incredibly quickly. I mean, you all do every time you throw something crazy at Bozer specifically. Um He's. I'm the only he, one that's bad know. at pivoting. <laughs> I don't know. I was like, uh, um, I don't know what to do now. That actually did bring up a question that I had that I forgot to ask uh, earlier. It, so, Britt, I know you are doing all the editing. Do is there a lot of like rules lawyering and, and discussions that are cut out, or because I, I've seen other podcasts where like we have to cut out like an hour of discussion at the table. Okay, so you want to know what the most cutting comes from? Is the first <laughs> half. Before we even, <laughs> you let this woman answer a question. Um, <laughs> let her say it however she goddamn wants. Sorry, you were cutting. Go ahead. I was like cutting something. Um, most of the editing comes from the time bozer presses record till he says <laughs> welcome back to four geeks by geeks there is sometimes anywhere from 15 to 30 minutes of us just bullcrapping all a lot of shit that would get all of us canceled i would yeah. love, i would love to say and you do the editing so you can uh correct me if i'm wrong but i think that i am being a good scout saying hey guys let's play the game now Let's play okay. the game now, guys. The best part is Austin of all people is the one that tries to get us going, which in his defense, it is 5 a.m. his time when we start recording. <laughs> so I'm sure he lets us get up and do something. Well, that's usually fair. I'm the one that's really fucking things over because we'll hit play and actually start playing, and then I got to make one more off-the-cuff comment. 
and then I make a second, and then a third. It's and then right real. before we go live. Yeah. <laughs> Sessions of Pusillanimous and... Yeah. Pusillanimous was not me. That was yeah, that Austin. Was me. That was, that me. was Austin, think, and that's why yeah, I'm pointing it out, because uh -huh. Austin was like, come <laughs> think, on, guys, let's get I going. Think, I think the issue, too, is, like, uh, as much as I want the game to start, I also don't let, uh, like, moments, like, hang. Right, so if, if 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 T is gonna if T is going to like cut in again, I'm not gonna be like, okay, I'm not gonna say anything, so we can start. I'm gonna be like, hey man, you just said another thing. Isn't that weird? I'm not Austin's convinced Austin actually likes me, which also doesn't help. It, I know that I'm not helping the situation, and I'm adding time, but but these are moments for me. I'm never mad about it because like we're talking about it now like those are the moments that we as a group remember and some of the best moments outside the campaign like we don't get to see each other throughout the day like that recording session is the only time throughout the week that we really get to spend any quality time together and then most of it's in character so and getting on a little early the amount of episodes we record not yeah, hey, we're gonna shoot not for two one, today we're gonna shoot for two today starts at like 9 30. okay maybe maybe not this is what and honestly, like for the month of August, we were ships in the night. Yeah. Like, uh, Josh was filming a movie. Uh, Al, uh, <laughs> Lucas. Wow. <laughs> My brain is farts right now. We know um, each other, I swear. Well, I'm, in I'm, her defense, I'm, he's been in four episodes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> At uh, least Lucas six. Lucas just is a needed. bitch to the army, Dude, right. and like the rest of us just had life going on, so we hadn't seen each other pretty much the entire month of August. So we sat down on this Saturday to record, and we're like, two, we're doing two, we're doing two, and by the time we finished, it was like... Yeah. It was like an hour of pre Hour past when we <laughs> normally yeah. do, yeah. We had to get it out of our system. Yeah, sometimes yeah. you just gotta yeah. shut oh, the shit. So much things happened in between, and we had to like... Yeah. Um, that's fair. Day. No. So. All right. Let's see. Um, I have a question here that says, "How many X's does Theo have?" I don't think we want to know the answer to that. <laughs> um, the what? animation the of Serkin's interrogation was amazing and awesome. You guys need to do that again. I already said that. Um, anything else on episodes two and three? Um, there was a really good everyone shooting whiskey. Theo getting mad at people for shooting whiskey uh, instead of sipping it. Um, <laughs> a lot of small parts yeah. in the, these episodes that were really good. Five footers. Yeah, I think the I think the thing with Wayland especially was like I didn't have like I had like or still do like a really like singular purpose, right? But like I've like stepped into this like cluster cuss that it's like I can't really I can't really take my step forward yet. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So it's mm -hmm. like I feel like especially in the first handful of episodes, like very supporting character, just like kind hmm. of like using these moments in everybody else's drama as like kind of training wheels of like re-entering like social relationships, you that's know, fair. like that was kind yeah. of like, that's kind of how I, I used it. Cause like, if, if like, if Kit's thing is going on and Theo's thing is going on and Serkin's thing is going on, it's like, okay, but I also have stuff that I need to do. So, you know what I mean? Like, I felt like it was yeah. like very appropriate for me to be like, you know what? There's no rush. And you know what? Like I'm going to get Intel and be able to work on my thing while everyone is, while I'm cleaning up everyone else's messes. Right. 
Yeah, and I mean, weren't you come on? Weren't you sleeping on the roof or something? And Tabitha was mad at you, and then you came down and ate food or something. Like there was yeah. a lot of small moments that just added a lot to your character. That that just you didn't need to, you know. And, and you all do a pretty good job of, or very good job of, not like stepping in each other's limelight and like letting you have those moments that are very important. Um, just all throughout the whole season, it's been it's you guys. It's like you guys have been working or like doing this together for years it, oh, I, don't know. I gotta it's, it's give pretty good. Bozer his props on because like he said not only is this his first campaign uh this is his immediately was like no we're not gonna do anything pre-written we're gonna make a homebrew and i'm like all right you fucking madman you do <laughs> just that um but he did he's done an incredible job balancing obviously i can't speak for everybody else uh but i don't feel like he has limelighted anybody particularly too long I think he does an incredible job balancing mm -hmm. the time mm -hmm. between these characters, giving them time to flesh out their many sections of their arc that are being uncovered. Uh, and with a table this size, that's not an easy thing to do in the slightest. Right. And, and as well as we mesh together, we all have very big personalities in their own rights. Um, <laughs> so the fact that we can, obviously we stumble over each other because we all want to get that line in, but we all do a great job of like, oh, okay, he's going good. We're going to let that line go off. But just the way everybody is able to so casually work together, being our first mm -hmm. project together, blows my mind. Especially because these dumbasses are at the helm of it all. Doesn't make any sense. Well, it, it's easy for me to take the background because you know I'm pretty sure I also was only in the first episode and I was not in the second, the second or <laughs> no. third. So I let the professionals do their thing, and I'll just kind of come in and out when I can. I it don't... also really helps that like we all are fans of each other's character. It feels yeah. like so it's very easy to pass yeah. that ball when or, you know, opportunities to set each other up for mm -hmm. something. We mm -hmm. those they feel very natural. And that's really nice. You don't always get that at a table. When yeah. I edit, I don't edit a lot of what happens at the table. A lot of the things that like I edit um, is someone's cam broke. Or a dog barking, or just you know life going on in the background. I don't Me flirting edit. with my wife openly. No, that stayed. <laughs> with tongue, that with one stayed. Tongue. Um, a lot of it isn't isn't like gameplay. It's just you know stuff. So yeah, what you see is what what we're what's actually going on. And I know that we had talked about that like previously about what kind of show we wanted this to be. Um, but one thing that we have, I guess, is our brand on FGBG is just like authenticity and like laziness. And also, it's easier to not have to cut all that out. <laughs> but to, but those are the most delicious moments, at least to me. And like when I listen back to a, like a D&D &D podcast or something, it's those little moments that I cherish that don't move the story forward, but it highlights character and shows the relationship the players have with each other. That just makes me want to hang out with those people. I don't care what they do. I want to be with them. And so I didn't want us to cut anything out that really showed who these amazing players are, regardless of their characters. And we tried yeah. doing that with Kingdom Come in a single episode, heading out O's and ums and butts and uh, pauses. was like a 12 hour project yeah. for every episode. And it's just re-listening to the same shit over and over and make sure you get those cuts and those lines right. And I'm like, no, <laughs> it's not yeah, the only who we thing, are. The only thing I'll say on it really quick is just like, I think that everyone like Bozer, obviously the most, cause he's the DM, but like, it's really just a space thing. Like, I don't think anybody fights most of the time. Like 
everyone is just like speaking until they are done speaking and then it naturally picks up like uh, like i like for me too like i play a pretty quiet character for the most part and like i feel like i don't have to speak i don't feel pressure to speak and then when i do speak i don't feel like i'm speaking over anyone it's just like like people yeah. aren't people aren't pushing their story onto anyone it's just like you know you feel it where it makes sense to right yeah and it's happening it seems like it's happening really organically and it's also kind of I mean, I feel like the way that you guys do it has led me to have like my five favorite characters of all time. We've got Nan, Jerry, the sandwich guy, uh, the <laughs> elevator kid, uh, Dave, the fighter and uh, Don Cucci all in one room, you know, <laughs> and all played by the man up there. <laughs> Jesus. I'm, <laughs> I'm excited. It was hard to get uh, him on the show, but yeah, he's really, <laughs> he really committed the time. I'm I'm excited for when um, the dates finally happen between Bozer and T in multiple different dates. It seems like at this point that have been set up. Um, it's gonna be it's gonna be a wild ride. Can't wait. Could that happen in season two? I don't know. Find out. Starts this Thursday. Probably not. We're not gonna get through enough. Yeah. To get there. Who, who knows? We're on day three at this point. So. <laughs> yeah. Thursday is a while away. Um. Yeah, and it's just like uh, it's like a moment out of your like all of your lives. So it just it seems like all the shit is hitting the fan all at once, which is kind of wild. And the music changed right at this moment, which made it even better. Um, okay, we'll do episodes four and five. Uh, episode four, Sirkin meets with Kieran Gold. Uh, Kieran Gold's terrifying. He goes through um, was it Jimmy's sandwich shop to get there. Jerry, um, you forgot his name Jerry's, already. I literally just forgot. It. It's, it's so I have to scroll up to get back to that name that I said. <laughs> so uh, fitting for can, Jerry. Yeah, do you want to <laughs> That's know a good what, point. Uh, do you want to know Samantha and what, Ellen would be very disappointed. Um, do you want to know a funny is why it's called Jerry's? Hmm. Is because T thought Josh's name was Jerry the first time we all sat at the table. Poser. Yes, that's amazing. In my I, defense, it said Jerry, like I let it go on for a while. I thought I did that. I was calling you Jerry. One of you did. It was Bozer. It, it, it was Bozer. You're like, yeah. it was thanks, Jerry. And I was like, isn't his name Josh? That's amazing. It, it, was, it was during session zero, and it wasn't until like the Correct. end of session It zero. was Bozer, but I also had the same issue, and because I knew there was a J, but then I remember Dairy Public Radio, so my brain just went, Jerry, yeah, that makes sense. Uh, <laughs> well, that's or... why it's Jerry Public Radio, so yeah. Um, Oh, yeah, so Sirkin meets Kieran Gold, led there by Haven, who doesn't remember Jerry's name, uh, much like me, and uh, Kit leaves the door unlocked, uh, Wayland beats the shit out of a Sigurd's Reach, S Sigurd's Reach dude, um, he might have murdered him, by the way, uh, no, we, we don't, don't know, for sure, we don't I think know that. You, you, you rolled real high, and I think you, like, punched through his chest well. or something, um, I, was trying, I just knocked him out, the long sleep, uh, <laughs> Sirkin, that night searches the body shop i think with wayland and they find the fight night flyer and uh also a sign of the eye of axiom uh theo's ex molly lets him know that the organic herb is something that could possibly stop someone's heart and they have to go to the uh greenhouse district or something of the sort to find out more um oh there's a bunch Still of cats has by not me. been <laughs> that's fair um then episode five al comes back uh checks in on his old guild episode um, five. <laughs> <laughs> yep, I knew it. 
uh, and uh, they find out about this job for the Gold family to hit a uh, Royal X storehouse of some sort. Um, and then um, Waylon kicks Serkin's ass in a practice fight. <laughs> which was which was, was also so much fun at the same time that um once he's all like rocked it's the Yay! same time that the courier delivers the mask so al walks in and Sirkin's just loopy uh and they all join forces um those were two pretty good episodes by the way uh, i the the episode with Al in with his old guild in that like rundown hotel and the elevator guy doesn't have a room and can't wash his uh, uniform. Um, I don't know if that is like indicative of how the, the, the guild's always been run, but it's it doesn't seem like they're they're in uh, in a good spot. Um, I don't know, Wayland, was it better when you were when you were in it? So the idea was that like um, I like I, I don't know if this is said on the on the actual thing, but I, I like co-founded it. So like, oh. yeah. So oh, like, no, no, that was said early on, I think. Yeah. Yeah. So like, it was me and my, me and my like best friend. And we like, we kind of decided, you know, all these thugs on the street, like, like instead of, instead of having them like just do unorganized crime and like getting themselves in trouble or whatever, like teaching them, uh, respect and teaching them, uh, uh, you know, uh, how to how to do things properly and safely and and whatever but like we were still doing still doing uh jobs Crime. for criminals but we were also mm -hmm. doing jobs for um like you know uh government officials and stuff like bodyguard kind of stuff and yeah, and so it was like them. yeah it was like towing it was like towing uh the line of both and like having the ability to because like the the town's not going to clean itself up but at least we're going to be like kind of like a figurehead of what it should look like and when the the shit kind of hit the fan um they kind of uprooted our ways of doing it so like mm -hmm. the like hazing and stuff may have been there i'm not going to say that it wasn't entirely there but like like there's like the idea of teaching people like respect and how to you know uh carry themselves in society is is probably not as prevalent mm. Yeah, that's fair. Um, and Sirkin, you collected glass or something weird again at uh, Kit's place. Do you, did we ever find out what's going on um, with that glass? You know what? I can tell you because it's not gonna come up now. Okay, <laughs> that's good. Attention uh, uh, behind carrying all this glass was because uh, in in the scene when I was talking to Kieran, I asked Kieran to get me the number of how many people were hurt by the explosion by glass by the, the terrorist. Yeah. Um, because all of this time, Theo had told me about if we had to get interrogation, if I had to interrogate Liana, I couldn't hurt her. So I was thinking of creative ways oh, man. that I could get around that. And so what I was doing was I was collecting glass because then I was going to put something she needed in a bag of glass and there were going to be exactly as many shards as were people who were hit by uh, the explosion. The that is so yeah. What in the yeah. serial killer shit? Yeah. Yeah. I don't well, know if any of you are by shot. Of all the shit that's yeah. come out of Josh's mouth, this is where you're like, 
What the fuck? Where is he coming from? I think it was yeah, episode is, one this... where I said that I hate Circuit and everything he stands for. I think <laughs> I also <laughs> said that in episode one. I think, one. yeah. Yeah. And you've if never recanted. If Circuit's the BBEG, you have to tell Austin. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> you, you, you've said that a couple times. I yeah, was really... The, the bag of glass ended up being an, also an accidental help when I, uh, try, when I had to slit my own hand and write the... Uh, Oh yeah, number yeah. of Haven's apartment on in blood, which was also terrifying. Happy accident. Um, yeah. Oh, totally we're gonna get to that to do as a human. <laughs> uh, that's some like jigsaw kind of like oh oh man wait you're just jigsaw. That is uh, literally he's saying yeah. about the bag of glass, and I was like I saw that in a Saw movie once. Yeah, and then like oh the only, cleansing yourself. The similarity through the... there is that. It's only because I wasn't allowed to harm her. <laughs> That's uh, why it's got it. Okay. That's why she so has she don't harm like herself. This, it's not my fault. It's Theo's. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Everyone else, I do, I'm doing all of it. <laughs> that, that, yeah, that sounds about right. Actually. Um, okay. I episode uh, six. Is when you guys do or um, party for the first time? Yes, <laughs> yeah. So Al goes. Um, he explains oh, that oh, they're attacking the storehouse. Ass. No, no, that's that's true. <laughs> um, Al stops by the fight ring, sneaks in and out like a pro. Um, Sirkin goes back, meets with the Kit at the the auto shop, and then in episode seven, Kit finds out the fight's tomorrow and just takes a cab home. Uh, <laughs> And then you guys watch as it probably in horror, like everyone else was that watching the um, Sigurd's reach, just destroy the light guard with the help of that crazy flying lady, um, yeah. which we'll I just forgot call about 11. that bitch. That f oh, oh no, yep. I yeah. know yeah. out of that so fast. I was like, ah, uh, ah, uh, ah, uh, ah, uh, nope. Yeah. That, and then that answers your question. We haven't gone back to that in season two. <laughs> We're too uh, no, afraid. That, that was nuts. Um, I'm pretty sure she killed them all. And then Which was um, a really Wayland... validating moment for me because up to then, like I was still finding the balance of combat in fake core. And I'm like, oh man, am I get am I doing this too easy? But for the most part, people were blow for blow. And I was like, okay, so things are pretty balanced. But I wanted to I didn't want to put the uh <sighs> You I want guess, to put the fear of God in us because that's what you did. I more than more than was in you previously. Like I wanted to show you the raw power of Zodisium if it's used in certain ways. Um, mm -hmm. Wait, I didn't pause. want you to come. You say you rolled for that encounter? No, in like previous you, encounters. Oh, I thought you were saying like you rolled for that fight amongst yourself. <laughs> for the outcome and i was like but you're sorry. the gm you just determine how it goes a but i still on the screen and said you are not the right level for this area and I <laughs> <laughs> you Go ran on. into an invisible wall uh no but i do make a lot of rolls because i don't want to make the decision even as the gm like if it's npcs versus npcs like at this point the story's taken a life of its own and i love the fact that uh, the dice have made such heavy decisions. What happened, Bozier? I don't know. Let's find out. It's I mean, we'll, yeah. Yeah, we'll get a totally to it. Valid way to do it. Yeah. But there's so many times that it's, this happened that because of a, a role, whether really great or really poor, it changed the trajectory of the entire campaign. Mm -hmm. And 
and in like a most magical way possible, which I just fucking love. Yeah, and I feel like it, it's it's kind of ridiculous that you're a first time DM because the first time I DM'd either I made everyone roll for every step they took, um, <laughs> or or the opposite where it's like, oh, you want to kick that door open? Sure, you got it. Um, but you found instantly that like here's what need here's what should be rolled for and can be very impactful versus here's what you just do right and so that's not an easy thing to do i don't think because i can't do it well i surround um, myself with it's people that are very good at it austin like like everybody at this table <laughs> and i've been listening and paying attention and just like osmosis learning but thank you can i that's fair can i, can I tell you the secret what's the secret the secret, not you. Wait, actually, Bozo, oh, take, your, would, take your headphones off. I can't know because you're the GM. <laughs> you're not supposed to hear this. Wait, I'll cover my ears. All right, earmuffs. Thank you. The trick is, is you have to really captivate Bozer in the scene so he forgets to ask you to roll for something. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that's if you, it's the if best. you draw him into the story, <laughs> he will get so sucked into it that he will not even think about asking you to roll why do you think <laughs> he gets to do whatever the fuck he wants why all right you can take your earmuffs off bozer you can come okay, back thank now. you no that's so true <laughs> I, I would go back and I listen to episodes and i was like shit i should have asked for something but i was so terrified of circuit or so intimidated by t and his lawyer talk <laughs> that i'm like oh, yeah yeah that happened whatever <laughs> um i mean so <laughs> Also in this episode, Waylon takes the power band, which, why not? Um, and helps with the Nan 12. is kidnapped. Yes, it helps a lot in episode 12. And then also gets you killed in episode 13. Um, <laughs> Damn, I haven't listened it, that far. <laughs> well, you're on the wrong uh, live stream right now if you haven't shit. listened that far. Oh, shit, um, we didn't then, say spoilers. Oh, yeah. <laughs> By the way, um, there might be spoilers because we're going through the whole first season. And... Um, <laughs> If you haven't listened to it, it's still worth a listen because you're missing a lot of very small um, and very hilarious and very good time. moments. Yeah. <laughs> you can just I put it on mute and just face. zoom in on him. We are also proud of your face, so thank you for that. Um, yeah, and this one ends with uh, Nan being kidnapped, which uh, next episode ends. Yeah, that everyone got very mad. Shock. Can I ask so, as the GM, because... We never, I really never got all of your takes on that. What was going through your mind? How did you feel about it as players? Mm. As Good a question. player, I felt so guilty. <laughs> as Thurkin, I, I, I anger. But <laughs> so I was like, oh no, I'm. it's my fault that Nan is, like, I've been putting all this pressure on here thinking my whole plan has <clears> been <throat> basically been using Kit as a scapegoat. And then now it's it's on me. I'm like, shit. It was the first time as a player, or like a first time I've ever been on the opposite end of pissing off players, because I'm usually like, ah, gotcha, bitches. It was the first time I was on the receiving end. I'm like, I don't like this. <laughs> what pissed you off about it? Well, then I crashed my fucking car on the way. Uh, yep. because yes, you did. I picture Nana's my own Nana. Uh, so the whole time I'm like, this motherfucker just kidnapped my fucking Nana, you piece of shit. <laughs> I think also, me, you guys had. Oh, oh, sorry. Go ahead. I was gonna say for me, it was like uh, it felt like, and it still doesn't feel like uh, it's like necessarily like a complete <clears throat> give and take. But 
we we pull a lot out of Bozer as far as like what we're allowed to do and what we have done. And I felt like this was Bozer's like opportunity to be like, well, your actions have consequences. Oh yeah. You know what I mean? It yeah, felt absolutely. it felt like it felt like a kind of reality check out of him where he was kind of testing his power over us. <laughs> you know what I mean? Where it's like we were kind of pulling from him, pulling from him, pulling from him, and he's like, Okay, well oh, thanks, Lucas. I'm gonna pull this from <laughs> you now. I mean, if you think about it, Kit would have been home because the fight was the next night and you guys brought her out all dressed up and then she just took a cab home and her defenseless Nan was taken. So it's your fault. But to be fair, or we had a saved date on her it. life. Those are the options. Oh, yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. Uh, but, I mean, Kit does have, what, a plus six to all uh, roles involving any sort of uh, like mechanics Wrenches, or automobiles yeah. or something. <laughs> Instant crit. Instant legendary yeah. role. Uh, so she would have been fine. She would have like pulled the door off a car or some shit. Yeah, as long as um, it was in the garage, you're fine. <laughs> right. Um, episode eight is when we have the most devastating fight loss that your whole crew ever gets into. It's when um, Waylon fights the phone and <laughs> the phone <laughs> fucking rocks yeah. him. Yeah, I got my ass handed to me. Actually, also, I should have taken. I should have taken a, a a permanent consequence from that fight. Actually, <laughs> mental consequence. I only have, only have mental too, so I probably should have had. Probably should have had some kind of long term effect. From that. <laughs> that scene that was also led brutal. to my question of the day of like, what's your favorite scene? It was I was watching Tabitha get pissed off and having <laughs> to watch Wayland get like legit terrified because Wayland doesn't show fear. I don't think at all, except to Tabitha. That's where he's like, oh, I fucked up. And mm -hmm. so watching, because first off, I think Tabitha might be my favorite NPC because Bozer really channels that miss, or uh, what's the nanny's name? Who was that actress? Fran Drescher? Fran, Fran Drescher. Drescher. <laughs> <laughs> That's the vibe I get from Bozer's Tabitha. So like, I'm sitting here watching Amazing. this scene in my head of just watching Austin being yelled at by her. And I was like, this is incredible. This is exactly what I needed. I love that. <clears throat> that was this, this episode in general was just a huge, just shit show for all of you. Uh, Sirkin crashes his car. Wayland fights the phone. You investigate Haven's place by calling in a bomb threat after Sirkin <laughs> uses his blood to put the address on a wall where his car crashed, I believe. Um, Theo and Kit join forces to con the bomb threat police people into letting you into the building. The first well, time just I get to in. just say shit and then distract Bozer from rolling by just saying enough shit convincingly enough. He's like, yeah, okay. I think the real key to that, though, was Kit joining in and being your assistant. I mean, I, yeah. I would have believed that 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 she was kind of terrifying. Um, yeah, that, that was like that the whole first episode. Time, I'm, I want to let Brooke put her headphones back on. for Yeah, this, yeah. Sorry, that I was <laughs> missed that. That was like one of the for the first times where um, Kit has had this aspect. Kit, we're talking about the bomb threat and how you and Theo went in and, and owned shit in the lobby. But. Like you had that aspect, bark is bigger than her bite. And mm -hmm. I think that was the first time that we really saw you lean into that. Because I always knew that was part of your character sheet, but we hadn't really seen Kit use it. And that was the first time she barked real loud and she hasn't stopped barking. Yeah, and now I have a aspect, I switch because as you level say, up, Doesn't you that one change. get changed out? Yeah, it's called try oh, me no. bitch now. 
Yeah, that's Ooh. right. <laughs> Which that's is amazing. such a great evolving of her character because she really does start as this very coy, like inside of herself, awkward individual. And then she very quickly is, all right, bitch, fuck around and find out. Mm -hmm. uh, but again, this is day two. She tackles a, ther or a terrorist. She's like, yep, this is who I am now, bitch. I found what brought me out of my shell. No, it yeah. was, it's Sirkin. Yeah, I was brought you out terrible. of your shell. Yeah, I still have fears Same. that Kit's gonna end up being a little Sirkin. That the would be amazing. Kit's soul is really the <laughs> subline of the Honestly, entire show. Theo's trying his hardest to get this bitch to retire early. <laughs> I'm actually curious. Uh, any like on that uh, try me bitch thing? Any players feel like uh, changing an aspect like? was really impactful for yourself or like something that was like really helpful for the game because personally um i like canonically terrible roller awful <laughs> luck so i changed one of my aspects to no one said it was easy um so that uh when i completely fumble something that should be really easy for my character <laughs> i've got that in my back pocket as like Bowser, please this is so simple <laughs> <laughs> please, it's so anyone can do that. I will give you my fate. Just please allow me to tie my shoes or whatever. <laughs> Open a car door. <laughs> that's, yeah. that's my funniest thing is because I make a joke at the end of season one that I don't use an aspect all of season one. And I was like, can I do a, or a stunt? I don't use a single stunt in all of season one. I was like, how long can I do this in season two? Um, and you'll find out what happens. Oh, God. <laughs> Um, this was also an episode, I think this is the episode where the rest of you go try to sneak into the back door and someone like fails at the lock five times and like Al just like just walks in or I don't remember exactly what happened, but it was a very, um, it was a very like Waylon trying to shoot his hook up and missing or something and Al just like walks in the door and you're all just like, oh, okay, well, that's how that works. Yeah, um, yeah. Breaking into which part? The moment... Uh, that still, every time I think about it, it still makes me laugh to my core is the Wayland in my car being frustrated. The, the old man <laughs> frustration. When he's like, you know that feeling when you, the, the car is filled with old man anger? <laughs> I can't even think about it. <laughs> you know, the fate point to make him use uh, right hand man. Yeah, to break a bunch of phones. <laughs> Yeah, I got bullied. Not only that, but didn't <laughs> you, you really didn't get bullied. It wasn't just there. You guys used it in the car. So we had to... Yeah, we used it yes. to open the car door. Yeah. Oh, man. This is another thing that's so great about Fate is because with that right-hand man, Austin can use it in a lot of situations and that in fighting there's a lot of positives for that but just those bits are such great examples of that being able that same aspect can be used mm -hmm. against him so hard it's yeah. such a double-edged sword and i love it well, you, you all should be afraid because i have five points so <laughs> just in my back pocket i'd all be the scared time. if you showed up <laughs> <laughs> not my fault okay all right let's go a wall it's fine Oh, yeah, that's a good idea. Um, episode nine. After this crazy shit show, uh, you, all of you guys, the, the players is what it says here, uh, regrouped after breaking into Haven's apartment, implicating him as a terrorist, which ridiculous. <laughs> um, 
I remember Kit was pissed at Sirkin for because it said TikTok Sirkin, uh, where they're trying to send you to the newest app um, or something of the sort. And then um, you guys got Wayland ready for fight night. Sirkin sent out some uh, sealed envelopes that we didn't know what was happening with. And you guys headed to the the fight night and ran into who none other than Liana and the most hated character in the show. God, I hate that little Vox. Oh, God. Which he's, I, I, like I feel like he's he's grown oh, on me a lot after no. that first scene. Wrong. Vox <laughs> is my dude. You have Can family bias. I don't give a shit. <laughs> I don't Can think I? Theo has had a real scene with him. Um, and so it's pure 100% what I'm going to be like with my daughters of anybody trying to date them is I don't give a shit if you're the greatest person on earth. You're not good enough. It'll it'll definitely be interesting if we ever make a point in the story where the dust settles for more than an hour at a time. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the bit's God, gone that's on so too true. long. Um, Box clearly knew Kit. Uh, Dave the Fighter versus Captain Hook was the first round. <laughs> and I don't remember, did did you kill Dave or did he just get seriously wounded like instantly? Seriously wounded. Yeah, I think I, I think he him. lived. Okay, that's nice. He, as he's far as you character. know, he was taken out of the ring. No, no, we know because it. we see him later. Oh, yeah. that's During right. During the that's recovery, right. Dave, yeah. Yeah. we bring up that Dave mm -hmm. is alive. He's in yeah. the recovery room. Yeah. Thank goodness. Dave is the Technically, new BBEG. Technically, we saved Dave's life. That's all I want to point out. Yeah, someone else might have killed him. Sirkin um, used the new X and uh, was able to basically oh. see space and time itself uh, <laughs> and then was able to scare the living hell out of Vox with his, I think it was his eyes were just like pure black. Um, and Theo recognized the fight boss as the chief arch luminary of engineering, Ren Jepsen, I think yep. is his name. Mm -hmm. I spelled yep. that horribly wrong in my notes. I, it's it's a whole thing. Don't feel bad. Um, Bozier spells things the worst possible ways. That episode was wild. Was that also the 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 when did you also fight the bird man at the that episode? I can't remember if it was that or the, the next beginning one. of that fight. I think we we mm -hmm. we two phased that two. It was like yeah. split between gotcha. two episodes. Oh, okay, cool, cool. Um, no, just I think the whole like Dave and Nightwing is what it's called all in one Nightwing. episode. Did I? Was that all? I yeah. Because, because, you, because you have three, three total, total fights. Yeah. I was there for that. Yeah, and then oh yeah, I just the army uh, it, me. <laughs> Oh, wait, that's in episode 10. You were just getting ready to fight the Dave the Fighter in episode 9. So episode 10, Waylon destroys Dave. That's what I wrote. Um, a rotating cage fight is next, and Waylon yeah. destroys the Birdman, um, yeah. well, Nightwing. Uh, poor guy. Sirkin interrogates Vox, and Kit joins them in leaving the building. Don Cucci, the florist, was introduced for the first and probably <laughs> only time. Um <laughs> Alden Gold is announced as the final fighter, and Waylon. We end this. I think we end this whole episode with Waylon using X for the first time. Um, oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Which was, was nice not to see alone. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That was actually um, like talking about session zero stuff. Uh, mm -hmm. Like, uh, you know, Bozer had talked. Like, any of you guys do X? Tell me what you kind of do. We'll like shop like the power level. And I told him like, hey, if you want to roll in a table and have one of the options be me die, I'm down with that. <laughs> you know, like if I ever do X and one of the options is just I die, like I think that's cool. Like, and that would just like poignate to like the 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 
rest of the people watching like how dangerous this stuff can be if you're not compatible mm. with it. Yeah. Um, and so I had no idea what my power was going to be or how it was going to manifest on myself. And so it was like fun to like actually role play, not knowing how it works. Yeah, and I literally rolled a D100 for that. I didn't even know how. What it would number was going to kill him? One or a hundred? It would have been one. Sixteen. Okay. That, no. that is actually a question I wanted to ask: Is how does does everyone know what their powers are going to be, or or when he took X, you rolled the onto the table? Was was it a table you made? How did you determine what was going on with X? I I looked up a um, hundred superpowers. <laughs> nice. And that's, I, that's perfect. I just rolled. And I'm like, okay. That's number 42, so that's what it is. Because um, I, I told them, <laughs> as far as in this world of Aurora and in, in this campaign that we set up, most people, if you take raw X, it's probably going to kill you. Like, it needs to be distilled. Mm. It needs to be treated, facilitated in certain ways. It has widely versatile positive effects, but in its raw state is usually very dangerous, except for a small population where it unlock some superhuman ability based mm. on like your genetic makeup essentially and i told them straight up i'm like if y'all want superpowers you can have them like you'll be part of that small population but uh half of them were like no i i wanted to leave it to fate if ever i take it i want to see what happens and only two of you i knew exactly it. what i wanted yeah <laughs> You didn't have to say it like that. I you was did that on yeah. very clear. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. So that, uh, that little that episode was a lot of fun to like get to like use my character in its like not even in its intended purpose. Like like obviously like infiltrator was like the main mm -hmm. thing, but just like being able to fight with my character for the first time and take no damage. <laughs> I can't believe it. Yeah. It, was pretty, it was pretty cool. I'm not going to lie. The rotating cage fight terrified me because mm -hmm. the whole time I was, because that's when the party split. So I was thinking, I was like, how do I like assist in saving Wayland if it gets to that point? Because there's no feasible way that Theo can do anything to help at all. And he's just going to have to watch Wayland die if his dice rolls go poorly. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, that's, that's what I feel like, and, and I'll get to this question right now, but that's what I feel like this this fate core seems like you guys are having a lot of fun with it because the fight seemed very fluid and you were able to just like, oh, because I rolled well, let's explain how all this happens. And it, it, a lot of times when I do D&D, &D, and it's probably a fault of me not being great at it, is I stand there and say, I attack, I attack, I attack, and that's kind of it. But it was very story driven. And it was, I don't know, it was really cool to see. Yeah, um... Uh, as the person who does the most attacking, um, <laughs> I will say I will say that like I I'm a DM right, so I narrate mm -hmm. how fights go. That's that's what I do in in the games. Um, yeah. And so something that I really love and something I I try to get all my players to do is like okay sure you attack but tell me how you attack, and then I will tell you if it's successful and then what the enemy will do in response to how you attack. Yes. Right. Got it. So going in the like going in with like especially this incredible like improv driven game, I was just like coming in with exactly how I think my character would attack, and that sorry. Is, like, oh no, sorry. Yeah. I was just trying to block the uh, <laughs> oh, sensor. My Put bad. A sensor over. <laughs> cat over there. <laughs> but uh, but yeah. So like I, I just I came I came to Bozer with exactly how I wanted to attack, with that being like. 
with that being like the the basis of of the the telling the story because it is not it's not so detailed it's really loose you know yeah. so it kind of gives you a lot of of freedom but then at the same time like you said if you're not for, if you're not comfortable with it then it it might feel even more clunky than D&D you mm-hmm. know because I believe that you know what I mean so it's like you kind of have to like completely like look at it more as like an improv game uh, than D&D because it's like it it's all story yeah you know? it's very little mechanics but the way that you and Bozer fight with each other is is just super <laughs> interesting. I don't know. You guys, you guys did a really good job of of narrating it out and making it make sense. You say that Wayland and I, Wayland Austin. That's okay. Uh, and I, I, I guess I forgot what a gift that it is to work with all of you. The fact that at no point in this campaign, except maybe Lucas sometimes. <laughs> where I'm like asking you to to role play um, into what you're saying, like rather than just tell me what you do, like talk it through, show me what you do, um, and like you said, just tell me how it works, and I'll let you know if it's successful and what happens in consequence. So I'm just over here. I'm like, wow, I am so lucky that I get to do my first full campaign with this bench full of pros, and I'm spoiled rotten. Which is why you forget to make us roll pros? for shit. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Like, pros? Maybe them. I feel maybe like them. I feel like for me, I'm the kid in class that's like, wasn't there homework? Like, cause like <laughs> I, will, I will like almost command Bozer to make me roll sometimes, or I'll be like, hey, is this idea for me way too broken? Like, do you want to take this as an opportunity <laughs> to stifle me here? Like, you're letting you're letting my uh, chain get pretty long here. You want to tug on it to make sure it's still attached, or <laughs> do I need to pull chains more often? No, this I'm saying it's just like kind of a me thing. Like I, no, I feel like I, my roles pull my chain enough. Oh, you can try, <laughs> but we'll just act harder to make you forget. And that's the thing. Like we saw recently in a recording, because I, as the DM GM, have the opportunity to compel their aspects, so I can basically add a complication. I give them a fate point, and then it creates some hardship in that moment. And at the start of the campaign, I want to make sure I did that so that anybody listening could understand how fate works. But as the game kept going and the roles kind of compelled themselves, and then you guys started compelling yourselves and compelling each other, it, it's been kind of nice. Like, oh, good, I don't have to add complications because complications are happening by your own damn actions. <laughs> I don't need to right. force hardship on you because they just find you based on what you're doing anyway. And I make sure you don't run out of fate points. But no one's ever run out by the end of the episode. Well, I think anyway. that's the intent of Fate, though, is everybody mm-hmm. understands that a TTRPG is intended for a sit-down collaborative storytelling experience. Uh, but Fate really prides itself on, like, Josh jumping in and adding in the goddaughter sequence. Like, Fate is designed for those narrative moments to take place. Because uh, everybody knows at a table, everybody's always throwing out ideas and jokes and ha-ha funnies to see what becomes canon. If you get enough laughs, you're like, yeah, sure, that's what happens. Uh, but fate truly is designed for us. So like, hey, I'm gonna and I'm gonna I'm gonna pull that thread for you because mm-hmm. we all know everybody wants to be the hero, everybody wants to succeed, but failure makes so much of a better story. And because we've all been doing this for so long, we all understand that, and we know mm-hmm. when's the optimal time. Like, all right. Yeah, this is going well, and this will be a satisfying route. But if we tug on this just a little bit and add that little spice 
to it, it's going to take it to that next level where you're getting that much deeper into the story and allowing it to grow in just such a natural, organic way. Because, yeah, we have the funnies like, oh, fate point and right hand man. So you can't get out of the car. Yeah, it's nice to have those shits and gigs. But when you're having those moments of really trying to help flesh out that character, having more than just the GM available to like impede those types of things really yeah. allows that game to shine in those mechanics. Yeah, it feels as a listener like a more collaborative storytelling experience when you can use a fate point to literally change someone into Theo's goddaughter. Yeah. Um, but like the way that the, I, I don't know if it's just, there's always a, a moment when you're watching like a, a you know, D&D podcast or something of the sort where like someone says, oh, I want to use this move. And you like, oh, I know what that does now. And you're kind of like, yeah, I'm in the story, you know. And and I feel like that happened really quick with the way that the name, the moves are named in Fate Core, where yeah. it's like, I might not know exactly what it does, but I know what the outcome is going to be because of, you know, you say it one time and it, it, it makes sense. Like, um, uh, Britt, what was your, um, the, the my bark is bigger than my bite or vice versa. Like that was, you know, it's, it's very self-explanatory in, in a way. So that's very helpful for the listener as well. Um. Episode 10 is also when Theo makes the very bold decision, I believe, to talk to the journalist and convince her that he will help her become the arch luminary of intelligence or something of the sort mm -hmm. by having her write an article about this fight. And then he talks to Don Cucci himself and gets the letter, the, the, the flowers sent to the gold family before uh, Alden I had, Gold. I had is faith in Wayland. <laughs> yeah i don't think you expected him to to straight up murder the guy but um I, well, we'll it was see what happens there did i <laughs> make true. the did all... i make the thing move around i didn't <laughs> yeah the, you didn't make the spikes come out of the wall either that's very true i did make my um, fist go between his face and the spikes though i did make that <laughs> so i guess t is theo just like just like a and like a overall anarchist like you just are basically like setting up the world to burn right now no, in every no, single thing you've done um i, I want to tread lightly so i don't spoil a lot of things oh that's um, because fair. like it's kind of already been teased kind of what theo's more unspoken alternatives are here um so i don't have a problem with stating this because i feel like everybody's kind of on the same page for that now but theo wants to take control of some aspect of the underground uh he wants to be involved in that world for the sake of he believes that he can have a better control of protecting the innocence of the area um and that's wholeheartedly his intent but he one of his aspects is the end justifies the means uh and theo is going to be a bit more of the uh certain extreme end of what he deems socially acceptable um mm -hmm. for the result of making sure that more innocent people are not being harmed in the process as we see in a few episodes when uh that the dark side of theo comes out when wayland's like all right this fight's over and like oh no 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 theo is determining this this fight is over period for good yeah, self-defense right yeah yeah self-defense exactly um <laughs> but yeah so it's just one of those things like <clears throat> Theo does relish in the chaos, uh, but it's more of like that controlled fire, like when you start a fire to stop a fire from expanding type thing. Like mm -hmm. he'll do what's needed. He'll cause damage if it means in the long run it will help somebody. 
That's his justification, at least. That's a really good metaphor of starting the fire to stop the fire. Yeah. Hmm. Actually. It's like fighting fire with fire. Exactly. Uh, Theo just wants to be in the room where it happens. (laughs) Um, So... We are moving on to episode my my two favorite episodes, episodes eleven and twelve. Um, it's a party split episode, so I'll just read through what Ooh. happens in both. Uh, this was both sides were a wild ride. It was incredible. Um, so on episode eleven, Sirkin and Kit kidnap Vox. <laughs> Kit hotwires a car. Sirkin intimidates and then kind of charms Vox weirdly. Um, damn charisma so that, that roll. Was, yeah, that was wild. Um, which also, no, it was just wild. Um, while they're driving to the greenhouse district, he's like, you know, cutting him up a bit and then also be- becoming his best friend. Uh, then Vox leads them to a secret entrance. Sirkin and Kit follow him down and enter into a giant space. Um, this is one of my, two of my favorite scenes in this whole series so far is um, Sirkin has a flare up with the X where he kind of loses control and freaks the hell out and kit like is able to calm him down and at, at the same time you kind of figure out that somehow in some way Sirkin has met nan back in the day or something of the sort or at least hints to of maybe like a, it seems like a very core memory of his that he just kind of forgot about and was like oh wait in my life of absolute shit there's uh someone has been nice to me and that that seems like it's i don't know it, it seems like there's gonna be a lot to come from that um that was a wild scene i'll, I'll move on um <laughs> they meet naraya kai the arch luminary of something uh it really says that on there i, I don't know why i don't remember what she's the arch luminary agriculture. Of, but agriculture agriculture thank you i'll i'll change that later um we find out oh circuit has met nan in the past uh they're taking a holding cell at the knights of axiom which i put in all caps um and this the end of the episode is when kit meets her dad who doesn't recognize her and she doesn't introduce herself as his daughter or or anything of that sort uh we move on to episode 12 where at the same time that all of this groundbreaking shit is happening um waylon straight up murders alden gold in the arena with the most ridiculously amazing roles of all time and Was everyone is just i think yeah. that was the 12 which yeah. breaks the ladder. Um, That's not technically something you're supposed geez. to be able to roll that high. Beyond breaks. Eight is the cap. <laughs> Eight is <laughs> where it stops. That. Anything beyond that is just asinine. That was well, yeah. wild. That was wild. I rolled um, perfect with my highest stat being a plus four. So that's four pluses, plus four, and then plus two because in order to use my ability, I need to use an aspect, which gives you a plus two, and then plus one because of the power bands. Power bands. And you, you guys forgot about the power bands halfway, until halfway through the fight, I think, and you were like, wait, yeah. it's been power bands this whole time. Yeah. Um, yeah. Then after that, Waylon finds out the winners are meant to be taken somewhere else as opposed to just being, you know, friendly winners. And that's kind of how episode 11 and 12 both end simultaneously. Uh, I got to talk about episode 11 with Kit and Sirkin in basically the headquarters of the Knights of Axiom. Um, that moment with the with Sirkin's flare up was such a well done scene by both of you. It was, uh, I guess, for Kit. Why did you, why would Kit as, as a character, she's always, she's like, kind of does this whole, 
you know, I'm a I'm a badass kind of like a, a tough exterior when she's not with her family, and then such a you, you have such a compassionate moment for Sirkin, who's clearly losing his shit just all over the place. What was I guess what what kind what's kind of the motivation behind that? Um, in that particular moment, I think it was honestly, um, we had just walked into a space where people's eyes were all on us. Mm. and um uh, it was a threat honestly and i felt because we were came in together if they were to look at him in one way they'd probably look at me the same way mm. um so i i think it was a little bit selfish and where she was like backed him off the ledge because she knew that she could go down like in flames as well um but also i think she's got a small soft spot for sirkin hmm. who doesn't despite despite <laughs> hating him she's like <laughs> i don't know it's there's this uh it's a love hate thing um but i i think in all That's honesty fair. was a little selfish interesting hmm. that is not the response that i was expecting uh, -uh. uh but it makes a lot of sense I mean, yeah, you guys were basically, you walked in there basically being the enemy, like, instantly. Mm -hmm. Especially if you walk in with Sirkin, I feel like he's just the enemy of, of everybody everywhere, unfortunately. Sorry, Sirkin. Walking, walking into um, a place with me can make you feel like you're walking with a loaded gun. Now imagine the loaded gun collapses and starts growling at itself. <laughs> <laughs> and now you're all alone. I get the, the survival instinct. Yeah. And, and then... I was just right glad, after oh, that. Oh, I no, was you just go. Glad to uh, to use the opportunity for the it gave me such a great opportunity to initiate the uh, the tease for Nan because I knew mm -hmm. that something with Sirkin is how I intentional I try to be with every how I treat every character and what every character every character knows exactly where they stand with me and what mm -hmm. they mean to me. So ever since the, because the, originally the Nan bit uh, in the second episode was a joke to misdirect Brit to make her think I was going to say her and then switch it to yeah. Nan. Uh, <laughs> and which, was a, which was amazing. And then after it became like, all right, I've made this hard commitment. Ever since then, I'd been toying with what there's got to be something extra special about Nan for him to have felt something just seeing her. And so mm. I knew I wanted to start layering a, a, the possibilities for what that reveal could be. And so this dangerous moment in such a vulnerable place, Kit reaching out to me, it was just it, the stars aligned for that moment to just come out. It was great. Yeah. I mean, it seriously, that was, I think that was one of the best, my, one of my favorite scenes, uh, in the whole series so far um right after that you meet naraya um already forgot her last name even though it's in my notes kai thank you sorry mm -hmm. i'm terrible with names so I, I had to go back and write everyone down i tried to figure <laughs> out what the name of the elevator guy was but i don't think he was ever named he was just sad tim. guy in elevator tim. was it tim yeah they're, they're all tims they're all Tim. oh yeah. oh yes okay they don't get names until later yeah if you're in a bellhop outfit you're a tim Wow, that is a very um, it's a very uh, weird rank structure, but it, it's yeah. how it is. 
what's the established they're allowed kinda? to spell it differently if they want to. They're allowed to individualize. Yeah. You're all Tim's, so you become Chad's, and then you become. <laughs> I really yeah, like the idea that 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 tradition like goes on during Wayland being involved, but just not know. <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, like, like Wayland's like, what a bunch of respectable lads. You know, look at them getting along. It's a very, uh, his name is Robert Paulson kind of moment. Um, so right after that, you meet um, Naraya Kai, and she has a very just like offhand sentence that I, I felt like was really important because she was like, I get why Kit's here, but Sirkin... I don't understand at all of what you're, how you're playing into this. And the whole time, like this whole group of like underground assassin slash politician people, you've got all this weird, this group that I get how they're together, but I don't get how Kit is like, how is Kit somehow put in this group? But then from her, like a different perspective, it's like, how the hell is Sirkin here? <laughs> and it's just like, it opens up this whole, like, I don't know. I don't have a question for it, but it was just like, like from everyone else's point of view, like it, it's kits, the normal person that should be in a situation and everyone else shouldn't be. But then it's like the exact opposite of how the group works. And I thought that I don't, I thought it was really cool. Um, I guess that just goes from, from their motivations. Like it mm -hmm. made sense for Naraya that Kit found her way there because she thought she was chasing her father. But right. according to, the Knights of Axiom and what they're going towards, it's in direct contrast to what the golds are standing for. And right. who's right next to the golds is Sirkin Sirocco. Yeah. And I'm I mean, so subtle about my presence. So subtle. As, yeah. as far as the dynamic goes for the party, I think that that's something really cool too, is because like everyone is like, like veteran or well-connected or, you know what I mean? Has like a lot. And then Kit just like happens to sit in here. I think the cool thing that happens with that is like, and you see it like start to really bud in season two, which I've liked mm. is like, like Kit has got herself mixed into this. And then in season two, we're really playing with like, you're mixed into this. And like, what does that mean for you? And what does that mean for us? Because mm. like, on one hand, we're not babysitting you. Obviously you're competent. But on the other hand, it's like, you don't really know what's going on. Mm -hmm. You right. know what I mean? You're looking down the barrel of uh, several different possibilities of your life based on the decisions you're about to make. <laughs> you know, yeah. Yeah, we're, it's like, we're, it's like, we're the worst Christmas ghosts. <laughs> but it's but like at the end of the day, like we're we're all kind of decided to support each other for whatever reason. Mm -hmm. But at the at the main thing, right? It all kind of centers around this kid that's just down on her luck and trying her best, right? And we are all, for whatever reason, like dedicated to like trying to help her for our own selfish means. But like, mm -hmm. like, what is she doing here? Like, and like, <laughs> and do you want to still be here? Like, that's like, it, I feel like it made this like cool, like pseudo main character role because it is the sore thumb. You know, my perspective of Kit mm -hmm. is she is what's keeping this, the, the, criminals of this group from going off the deep end i think there's a lot of ways that arguably people in like these characters in this circumstance having somebody like gold being such a prominent problem that they all want removed that they would go above and beyond and not worry about the consequences of their actions just eradicate mm. that problem i think kids kind of become that light in the dark type that reminds them like and i think Sirkin's the prime yeah. example here 
of Serkin being the super, super dark character. And as Josh had stated that he really likes that uh, anti-hero coming to um, hero storyline. And so we have Kit being that antithesis of Serkin where he she's almost the reason that he's able to make that transition happening. And I think everybody's just got that unwritten and unspoken understanding that like, Kit's the reason that we haven't gone off the deep end to solve all of our problems and just deal with the anarchy that comes out of it because Kit's that innocence that at the end of the day we're all there to protect and she's just yeah. that walking persona of it. Yeah, it's hard to do it's hard to do the the really gross stuff in front mm -hmm. of someone like hmm. that, you know? That just made me realize we've really seen how each of us handle a situation on our own. <laughs> like my storming of havens the mm -hmm. uh, the fight night the uh wow yeah sure. actually yeah yeah you know what it's really weird that you say that because kit in a way is an audience member in a sense kit is an audience member because like like kit doesn't kill people kit doesn't steal from Yet. people kit doesn't lie to people kit doesn't manipulate people right so when kit walks in on us doing our regular scumbag shit and goes what the fuck are you doing we're like yeah wait yeah am i feeling remorse have i have i forgotten to be ashamed of this yeah hmm. totally yeah. i think mm -hmm. i think that that is like a really cool thing that uh, it's not been like necessarily something that we've on purpose had but kit like will call you out on something that seems normal in your world and it's like mm -hmm. oh wait <laughs> yeah that's super not fucking normal she doesn't let yeah. the account uh, kit doesn't let accountability pass by anybody hmm. <laughs> pretty much her bread and butter i do like yeah, the that explanation right. that kit is the audience which i think is the best way to kind of describe that pseudo story that's kind of always there in most uh storytelling in some way shape because everybody when you're watching you need that person to relate to and I think the the criminals of the group are really playing those over fantasize like, yeah, this isn't realistic, but Kit's the feasible. Kit's the person that all of us can actually step into the shoes like, oh, I'm doing all of these things that this character is doing. So she's that grounding for the audience to be able to be like, oh, I am in this story and I can live this story through Kit. And it doesn't mm -hmm. break the, um, what's the word I'm looking for? I don't know what word I'm looking Sexiness. for. Sexiness. Correct. That's exactly what I was looking Sexy for. Sexy centennial. Sexy centennial. We'll put it this way. She is our moral compass, and we're slowly turning her south. <laughs> Correct. Instead <laughs> <laughs> of the other way around. Well, there's but, so much but, more of you. But at the same time, she's going a little south. We're, we're Some of us are getting pulled north. So Yeah, there we go. Hmm. We're, well, we're, we're aiming is, for a clean west. Um, Al and I are the same age. Oh, Alan I forgot about age. that. Yeah, but Al's a criminal. Hey, look. He doesn't have a record. Gotta do to survive, all right? <laughs> and that's, I feel that's like, harmless I feel like criminal stuff. But it, but it kind of tells the story of, like, two different paths mm -hmm. ended up two yeah. different ways. Yeah, huh. totally. So It's like that's... you're you're hitting your Allsvid arc right now. Ooh. Ooh. Stay tuned. You're in your Allsvid era? <laughs> Broken um, into enough cars already. That's fair. Yeah. 100% yeah, more than you have in the past. can't, even though they have a max burglary stat. <laughs> 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 I hate him. It's okay. My craft's um, just 
obliterates everything else. Not fair. Who let that happen? Oh, me. So one of my well, one of my stunts fight. is uh, what is it? The plus Always two making to, useful yeah, things. The car monkey. Yeah. Uh, the grease monkey. Grease monkey. Grease monkey. <laughs> car monkey. Just immediately I'm do whatever I want. That classic. <laughs> that classic phrase. Car monkey. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um. So, moving over to episode twelve with that cage fight. When I, I don't know. Did you guys? Did all of you that that weren't in it? I, I guess. Um. Josh and and Britt, did you guys watch their episode or did you just hear oh. about it from from them? I heard about is... it the next week. Mm-hmm. Wild. I don't um, think I don't think that's true. I think you guys wanted to watch it live. I think yeah. we gave at the time of recording. We had yeah. oh, okay. Got it. Yeah. Got it. Okay. Yeah. Um, that was first of all, it was insanity. Um, and the fight was crazy. But I think I was I was working while watching it on TV, and when Alden Gold died. I think I, I just really loudly just went, oh, shit. And was just like, <laughs> like, I couldn't believe it. And it, it, it was, I don't know. It was, that was craziness. I was not expecting that to happen. Um, you're all going to die now uh, for the hundredth <laughs> time. But I I don't know. I don't have any questions about it because I, I, I was just like shook by the whole thing that happened. Um, I am shook. And then the next episode Actually, well, in two episodes, when when uh, Theo starts just cleaning up, is is terrifying as well. Uh, right. But we get to episode uh, thirteen, where Kit is consoled by Naraya. Serkin unveils his plans to trap Mister Gold, which is insanity, <laughs> to find his father who, who sold his kids into Gold's service to pay off debts, which is even more insanity. Uh, then Naraya um, tells them that this timeline wasn't supposed to happen. And that they figure it out from these tomes of this author that happens to be the same damn book that you got in the first episode, which blew my mind. Um, oh, and oh, then Waylon and uh, Theo kill Ren Jepsen. I forgot about that part. The, that small detail where you kill oh, an yeah. Arch Luminary. I do yeah. want to comment um, on that briefly. I just um, wanted my prize money, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> Give me my so... lifetime supply of ice cream. Circling back to Austin's comment at the very beginning, where he's like, "There's a, you just do things, and I don't understand why um, that decision was important." Because I knew I recognized that Theo wasn't going to be the limelight arc in that first season, um, and so I needed it to be understood because I expected season two where I would got to do the more darker side of Theo. And I hate when you have a character in season one and season two, they're a polar opposite. You're like, where the fuck Mm. did this come from in the slightest? And Mm -hmm. so like, I try to do like little teases throughout like the first season for it to be like, Oh, okay. So Theo's got something like going on that's kind of fueling this a little bit more. Um, and I didn't think that was going to be how um, I was going to tease what was going on. in the. But it got to that circumstance where Waylon's like, all right, it's over. And I and I thought for a moment here, I was like, it could be over. Would Theo walk away from this or would Theo end this problem here and now? And mm-hmm. I didn't think I, there was no second thought after that. I was like, yep, palm strike. <laughs> that was that was insanity um stop killing arch luminaries for one if you guys want you know want to have a season three 
that no, was my immediate thought afterwards. I was like, I can't wait to see <laughs> the live good. tweets of this reaction. I was like, I'm waiting for Farrell's so I can get that text of like, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> need that oh. Actually, you know, uh, to speak on character That's thoughts, <laughs> to speak on character thoughts, um, when uh, when Theo did that, it it was like like um like Wayland started to kind of how how do how do I put it like my my perception of Wayland is like more business like I feel like mm. Wayland was getting really like comfortable like socially but that happened and it was like this isn't going to be like a family gathering type relationship yeah. you know what I mean Ooh. so like Wayland is kind of like like from my perspective Wayland is going to be like a lot more business and a lot more like calculated from like now on as far as that's concerned because it feels like like there was like oh we were sharing meals together and we were laughing and like i was kind yeah. of letting walls down and it was like kind of like you know a moment to recede there and to make sure that i plan my moves a lot more carefully oh theo's feelings are now hurt Theo <laughs> <laughs> doesn't know I mean, that I'll, i think I'll it's like right like i don't Right in the beginning of like episode 14, when Theo starts cleaning up the crime scene and brushing under the nails and all that, <laughs> I, you said you were like, uh, Wayland is terrified of him or, or something of the sort. Because, yeah, that was that's horrifying. Like, yeah, oh, this, it was, this was like a complete 180. It yeah, nuts. it was like like for Wayland, it was like uh, like going into that fight. And I think I might have said that on stream. I don't know if I did or not. But like Wayland's perspective, like in like like from pretty much as soon as we split the party. Wayland was thinking like, how can Wayland keep this guy alive? You know, like mm -hmm. he's mm -hmm. like, how do I make sure that no matter how hairy this gets, that like I don't have to worry about Theo like getting like kidnapped or killed or something, right? And then yeah. when Theo joined the fight and was competent, like he had like a sign of like I let my shoulders down and I was able to just focus on me and make the fight happen. I felt like confident, like he could carry himself. And then when that happened, I was like, Oh shit. Like he's a killer. He, he feels comfortable killing. Right. Mm -hmm. And then he started like cleaning up the crime scene. And Wayland goes like, this guy has killed a lot before me. <laughs> like maybe this guy maybe. has killed a bunch before, you know? And so like Wayland went from like this, is this, this book smart, you know, uh, kind of guy that, that is looking out for his city is maybe like a really comfortable killer. Mm -hmm. And that was like, that was really, uh, why do I keep hanging out with serial killers? <laughs> Well, that's it's also why Sirkin has not been not has been nonplussed about anything Theo has done. Hmm. Theo and Sirkin come from similar cloths, Up from the so same cloth. yeah, it, it's like I've Sirkin's always known this is the person Theo's capable of being. Shit. Yeah, yeah. I think that I think that that's something that like gets overshadowed because obviously, like I'm I've got like a lot of fighting and stuff like in my background and like but like mm -hmm. not, like my alignment is not evil you know what i mean like i'm i'm, right. I'm trying to i'm trying to clean up the the streets in the same way theo is but like by bolstering and educating the thugs you know mm -hmm. what i mean giving them suits giving them you know what i mean theo a way to, to do the same thing yeah you know <laughs> and okay. like obviously and obviously, Wayland isn't like opposed to killing, but it's a lot more of a self-defense kind of thing. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Like, I will say that the Alf, the sorry, yeah, the the uh, the the cage match killing thing, 
I, that I really felt I was dangling off the thing. This guy's trying to kill me. You know, I was more or less trying to end the fight. Did I plan on Saitama one punching him? <laughs> no, I was not planning on that. I just want to point out if this was a movie or a TV show, the moment we would have turned our back on him, one of us would have been stabbed in the back. Theo oh, just removed that timeline possibility. And all of his timeline possibilities, to be fair. <laughs> and his fingerprints. Um, I have it written here. It says, in four days, Waylon has gone from solitary warehouse punching guy to Spider-Man falling on college student to anti-technology grandpa to Captain Hook to arch luminary murderer. Um, if if Waylon's holding a grudge against the people that did him wrong, they're they're fucked. That's exactly that's, that is exactly what I wrote down. Yeah, we haven't gotten into uh, Sigurd's Reach as far as like the upper echelon and the involvement in that, and I'm mm -hmm. totally happy to take my turn as far as like having that stuff unravel. But I think that, like at least in my head, it's gonna it's gonna play out a lot more like you know a samurai movie where it's like a conversation that may or may not go violent, but I don't want it to be a war. I want it to be like a 101 mono e mono thing. Oh man. Because because I feel like that's like, I feel like that's how Wayland would want it. You know, he doesn't want to involve all of the people that are going to be affected by it. Like yeah. he's in accountability for like his mistakes, essentially. I do have a question for Theo, you. Theo, he wants us to kill all but one of them so that he. Can <laughs> <them one> -on. <laughs> I'm very curious from your guys' perspective how much, like, how much longer of this campaign do you think there is? Because at the moment, I'm thinking it's either three seasons or two seasons and a, and movie. a movie. Right. <laughs> and I think the movie is going to be the time jump of After the Air Breathes, where we come back for like a six-hour session and talk about what our character has been doing in the meantime and how things have changed. Everyone started a family, uh, moved into the, the, the suburbs and have a dog. Yeah. I, uh, I definitely think that when when the appropriate opportunity comes up we'd all be happy to, for a like a time jump yeah. uh to Josh has requested so many away. I have <laughs> I think I really that, have I was really like can we let the city breathe cuz we know, play I, it in real actual time this whole campaign has been minute for minute I, I, I genuinely I, think though like given like how our aspirations are slowly starting to weave into each other I think that like it can go for obviously as long as we want to, but mm -hmm. if it only was two seasons, I think we could tie up all those bows um, in that time. I can wholeheartedly see this whole city falling to the earth. <laughs> I want to go. I've been actually saying this since session zero. I want to go to earth so bad. That's season three, bud. Do we have? Yeah. I want to go to earth so bad to. in like a space suit. That's how we all that's die. That's the movie. That's, that's our fallout. Game. I want to fight. I want to fight. That's the sequel of to the movie. Or whatever. Cloudscape in space. <laughs> oh, cloud space. Um, cloud so space. I want to, I have a questions for um, uh, Brit. Let's see. Hold on. I've got questions for Brit, Josh, and Lucas for um, episodes 13 and 14 together. I'll start with Josh uh, for episodes 13 and 14. Serkin is just like turning into a mastermind of of plotting and getting everyone on his side. Uh, question one: Where's the Where's the book? Do you have the book with you at the uh, Knights of Axiom place? 
Oh, the, the My Journeys book? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, no, it's back at my, my home. Gotcha. It's safe and tucked away. The book I've been carrying with me was my book on tying knots. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Right, right, right. Okay. Um, and there there was a moment, and we'll get to this in a second with, with uh, Kit, but when you can obviously see everything everywhere all the time, um, and you see that moment happen with them, and you say you're talking to some person, and like you're just like bawling into your hands. I thought that was like the best scene. <laughs> Thank you. Ever. Also, probably crying blood, as I think uh, Austin had mm -hmm. uh, had mentioned. Yes. Circan um, seems like you've like like as the stories progressed, they found like a bunch of different hobbies that, or not hobbies, but like interests that are like wait. I don't just have to interrogate people and torture people. I can learn about plants. Uh, yeah. And you just keep like, like you start off with like a book about, oh, there's no pain receptors in the brain. I think that's wrong. Let's, uh, let's read a book about it. Like, I don't know. There's, it's just, it's been, I feel like he's having a glow up and uh, I think we're all here for it. Uh, it's actually one of my character aspects is scholarly aspirations. So cool. that is something that's uh, one of those things that I selected very early on that I've wanted to build with Sirkin is that he's always ready to learn more because his whole job, his whole life has been about learning the truth, learning mm -hmm. things. And it's just a matter of which way he goes about it. <laughs> Still right. satisfied. Yeah. yeah, he goes about it the wrong. I feel like a, a, yeah. a weird way sometimes. Mm -hmm. Um. I mean, there's not a better spot to end the season than in a place where everyone's teaching you about botany and 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 making doors move or whatever. Oh, I've already got so many plans for how to use it already. <laughs> awesome. Sorry, Bozer. Uh, Lucas. <laughs> yep. Uh, you in the fight in episode 14, you high pretend to be a body, right? <laughs> you pretend to be a body. Yep. So that you can like get more info, and then they like promptly are like, "I'm not a body anymore. I'm your friend. Let's go hang out and let's let's find out some more information." Like that was the sneakiest shit ever. It, that could have gone wrong in so many ways. Like every time, every couple minutes, you guys are almost like putting yourself into a situation where you could die. But your character's just like, "I want to find out some information. I hide in. It's I'm, I'm going to be a body. It's it's, it's what I it's what I feel like I can do." <laughs> Like, I was fully prepared to have you stabbed mercilessly in that moment, Lucas, but you just <laughs> kept rolling so well on burglary and deception. And I was like, okay, you're invisible. Nobody can see you. And, and to preface this, when they did the split episodes, I saw and heard nothing until I actually sat down and we started recording. Mm -hmm. <laughs> he no could idea. have. That's amazing. He could have. He chose not to. <laughs> yeah, Hold I, out. Like, you want to know what happened? And I was like, no, no, don't tell me. <laughs> That's yeah. I mean, you. I don't know. I, I was like sweating as you were like being gurneyed around and like hiding and trying to listen to the the Mrs. Gold's conversations. Uh, that was that was brutal for me. Um, but Brit, aka Kit, uh, these last well, especially the last episode was fucking heartbreaking. Um, that was. That was that was crazy, um, and and I, I know you said it on the stream that it was an an accident to say his name, but I feel like that was like story wise, that was like that was perfect. That was like the most incredible 
I could that could have happened. Her panic cover her mouth was the best part. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I what? in that moment was like, oh, fuck. And then Tobias. <laughs> Um, <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, the coffin. <laughs> then you rolled like a two or something. To Negative, that two. Miserably. Negative, Negative two. two. Um, I don't know. That uh, that was probably one of the most emotional um, moments in my TTRPG career. Like, I haven't been playing that long, but like, damn, I am a attached to kit and her mm -hmm. family and her story and i was in that moment i was kit and like mm -hmm. that was yeah. that was one of my all-time favorite moments because like you said it like in that moment it wasn't bozer and brit like everybody went away we went ourselves away it was mm -hmm. tobias and his daughter mm -hmm. and like again the roles I, I can't say it enough. I don't I don't see these kind of faded roles when I play D&D. Somehow, in some way, stars are aligning for this campaign in the story where I can't believe you said the name on accident. I thought it was planned until after we were done recording. She's like, oh my god, you guys, that was a complete accident. Yeah. I'm actually such a sucker for like uh, like just emotional moments in general. Like uh, like in movies or whatever, like yeah. people will be like, that movie sucked. I was like, yeah, that was such a stupid movie. <laughs> you know, I'm I'm one of those guys. And uh, yeah. And while that scene was happening, like I could see they were both kind of getting into it, getting a little misty eyed. And I was sitting there, and I I, I don't even know exactly, but I think I was like holding my face, and I was just <laughs> thinking in my head over and over, don't say kitten, don't say kitten. I'll lose my mind if you say kitten. And he didn't. And I was like, nice. <laughs> I'm so manly right now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Can I man. ask Britt? Um, I know that you had like all this angst against your dad because you thought he left. But mm -hmm. when you found him, like what did you expect was going to be mm. like the instance or the circumstances around it? Um, Very kind of similar to what he was into, but it wasn't like... It was more he hid because he either owed people a lot of money or he had to work for someone in order to pay off that debt. So, like, he didn't mm. want to bring us into it, so he kind of removed himself. Mm. Like a like so, junkie kind of trope. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Kind of like... Mm. Um, so, when he wasn't, I think kits like walls immediately went down like like i knew it like i i knew like she knew in the back of her head he wouldn't have left to just run away from something so um but i think she put that like oh yeah that's what he did because he doesn't like us and all this stuff because she would rather think the worst of him um then think something actually happened to him. Hey, just mm. out of curiosity, how's your relationship with your actual parents? Great. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like anyone, I go to therapy, but um, no, I have a pretty great relationship with my parents, so it's... I think that honestly might have been the reason why I was so attached to that situation. Mm. Like, the father, like, son, like father-daughter thing. 
Um, and that that might have been the reason why I was a little bit more emotional. So I thought no the shit. whole time for the last like five episodes, I thought your dad was the leader of the Knights of Axiom and was just like into some hardcore shit like down <laughs> there starting a revolution. I that, was not that was expecting in my mind it. Too. That was in my mind too that he was like he basically was Naraya like that mm -hmm. instigator of things and yep. that's why he and he got in too deep and that's why he hadn't come back. But honestly honestly it I feel like it not being that way was a surprise, but a mm -hmm. good surprise. <clears throat> yeah. yeah. Um, I'd say props to Bozer. I feel like this story didn't really have any kind of sweetness. You know? Like, I feel like that was like a sweet moment where, like, yeah. there was like times mm -hmm. where, like, we were like getting, like, maybe into feels or into emotional territory with mm -hmm. things or being vulnerable even, but there was no, yeah. like, sweetness until then. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's fair. Except for any like, any moment with Nan, really. I mean, yeah. yeah. And I, it was like, I wish I could take credit for that, but I really can't because, like, in my mind, there was not going to be any recollection on Tobias' part for way down the road. But she so she awesome. said the word, and he rolled like shit. I'd rolled for that. I didn't decide that he remembers. The, the dice did. And I was like, well, damn, we're doing this now. <laughs> and that's my I favorite part. Yeah. I was yeah, not ready was... for it emotionally. No. And but I was like, like, no. but like I don't think But even like <laughs> like calling Nan like sweetness, it's like it's like cute and it's fun, but it's well, like yeah. NPC sweetness is way different, you know, mm -hmm. than like sweetness coming from a player. Like cuz like right. like again as a DM, like you give your your players these things to interact with in different ways, right? To draw on emotions and build connections. But like mm -hmm. having like a scene that was just like super sweet and touching, like that's hard to that's hard to pull mm. out. And on the fly, it wasn't... There was nothing planned. There was nothing... <laughs> there was like, oh, we meet in the kitchen. Oh, shit, you're my dad. Like, <laughs> I don't think Bozer and I were ready for that moment. But that can't happen without the great safe space that we've all created together. Sure. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. Farls, you said it before anybody did even after listening to the first episode, you commented on the Discord, it feels like you guys have been playing together for years. And mm -hmm. I know that that's exactly how I feel. Like, I'm so comfortable with all these people. And all but two of them, I've actually spent any time with. Like, most of us, we've never actually met in real life. And we only see each other once a week. And these are my favorite people right here. Oh, I will say I have met Bozer in real life, so I'm I'm ahead of the curve. Ha -ha! <laughs> I now know you better than Josh, Brett, or Austin. <laughs> and Lucas. Whoa. <laughs> I've seen him at a wedding and some other stuff. I was asleep behind a tree at that point. He's committed That's to never a good wedding. Honest. He told Listen, me. I like the idea of being what? so close to these absolute strangers that I could feasibly walk by in public and not know it's them. It's That's okay. If, I, if T ever saw me in public, he'd probably run the other way. We've we've established that I would fight him. Bare knuckle box him. <laughs> mm. That's fair. I, I, I guess 100 overall... believe I would walk by Josh and have no idea it was him. Yeah, you'd have to hear me laugh. It, that's 100 yeah. percent like, oh, oh he's, man. he's around somewhere. It's like fuck Sirkin's here. <laughs> oh my god. And then I would promptly run away. 
<laughs> yeah. Overall, you. you guys have played episode 14 episodes. Well, that I've seen uh, of uh, Fate Core. How do you? How would you rate this? I mean, you don't have to give a rating or anything, but like, do you like Fate Core better than other, like, better than D and D, better than other like similar Power by the Apocalypse games? Like, what what is your take on it? After playing it for a while, with Bozer probably as the GM. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, like Brit, I have not played all that much. I played D and played uh, City of Mist, which is powered by the Apocalypse, and it's in a lot of ways, Fate Core is similar to that to me. Um, like instead of aspects, you have story tags, and you have ways of leveling up. But almost the things that maybe annoyed me about the limitations of city of mist fake core bridges those those gaps like it mm. creates enough freedom in the storytelling that like city of mist and power of the apocalypse you can say what happens and it happens but also like D, there seems to be a lot more structure and i wanted something where you couldn't just say i look around and i see this i'm like no i want you to roll for it so i was I, i'm glad that fake core allows um notice checks or we call them perception just for colloquialism sake um mm. it's, it so i do enjoy the system a little bit more than i do city of mist but comparing it to D, it almost feels like apples and oranges like it's yeah it's a little difficult to just say this one's better because right they just are stronger in different settings and they're meant for different settings mm-hmm. yeah that's totally fair i as a as a listener i enjoy when someone says Oh, I want to go to see this, and and then then the you know the GM's like, oh well, describe it to me. What what is it called? What is it? And then you collaborate together on building the world. It's mm-hmm. just something about that. I don't really get that in in D and D. I mean, you could probably do that, but it's not really baked into kind of the core of it. And so it's really it just ma- it feels more collaborative when when there's something like this that's done. What about I guess player wise? We can start with Austin. What do you think? Um, I think, like, because I go from primarily, like, running games, so yeah. as a player, I think, I think I I might have, like, the hottest, or not hottest take, but, like, the most, like, critical take on Fate, in just being, like, as someone who runs a bunch of games, like, a lot of my players aren't, like, like, engaged in roleplay, you know, mm-hmm. like, if I'm getting them in the game, like, they like to, like, play the story and follow along, and, you know, they learn their characters and how they work and stuff, but, like, I don't get world out of them and I lo- like I love it you know what I mean like mm-hmm. like that's why I I focus a lot on it as a player like thinking about my convictions and stuff but like when I'm actually playing the game I don't really get a lot of world out of them and so I have to bring the world to them and you can't mm-hmm. really bring the world to someone in this game you know right. they have to they have to have an idea of what they want in their character and what they want to bring to the world to play it good and so on like two sides of the coin of D&D like there's a lot more rules to read right out of the gate with D&D, but like there's like a syllabus you can follow and you can just play generic characters and go through the encounters, right? As yeah. like you're kind of ushered along versus with Fate Core, like like the game is basically just saying like, hey dude, like you can do whatever you want and like you can do whatever you want in D&D, but in this game it's like you have to do whatever you want. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. Like you don't yeah. have the option to just oh I swing my mace or you know what I mean? Yeah. Like like you're going to be bored playing that game unless you bring the creativity and the the improv to the game. Hmm. I've never felt That's so a very good point. 
<laughs> I can see you being so like looking so uncomfortable in the corner. <laughs> no. So I'm curious that for you, Lucas. Then, All right. So I play a lot of D and D and a lot mm-hmm. of like Pathfinder. So like I'm used to having the structure. And if you've seen the City of Mist uh, campaign, I didn't do so hot in that. I feel like, and I had I had my, I had my moments. I had my moments. I will say that you did. And I'm starting to have my moments here. It I don't know what it is because like as a player or as like doing like one shot DMing. Like, I can do it. I know I can. I just, I don't know what it is. I, I. You can't min-max in Fate. I, look, I, <laughs> that is a slander that T started. <laughs> and, and it's not entirely wrong, accurate. but it's not entirely true. I just brought it to everybody's attention. Look, I did it once. Okay. You sucked but it once. I, I feel like I, like, as a player, though. I I've definitely playing City Mist put me in an uncomfortable like kind of like mindset and like idea like building and like being a part of this story more. So playing City of Mist and then coming to this definitely helped me out. I would mm-hmm. probably rate this under D and D though, because D and D is my one true love. I love it, and that I mean, tracks for you and the the kind of player you are. I and, like I, the kind of game player you're used to. Yeah, and. Um, it's also like playing with you guys and playing City Mist and playing Fate has definitely improved my like roleplay aspect of my D and D campaigns I'm in now, and it's not it's like been noticeable. Everybody's made comments on it, so Kick it. I don't know, I've I've enjoyed it for sure. Um, but I would definitely say D and D's on top for me, and then we'll put Fate and then City of Mist. Unfortunately, it, it was a very rough time for me. <laughs> What happens when you wait till five goes right. in to have a character sheet? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know. Uh, Britt, Josh, T, what do you guys think of Fate Core? How how is it compared to things that you've played in the past? What are, what do what are your feelings on on it as a I, system? I have played a lot of TTRPGs in the last however many months. Um, mm-hmm. Ever since you know. Um, I got introduced to Four Geeks by Geeks. They have introduced me and the rest of our team to a bunch of different TTRPGs because there are more TTRPGs than D&D. And I had to remind myself of that. Um, so I've played anything from like Powered by the Apocalypse um, to, you know, now we're doing things with the RPG project where we're trying print weaver and just very complicated things and very simple things and fate stands out to me because i've realized i like role-playing a lot more than i like combat Hmm. i'm not a combat person um and the more simplistic it is to me that's that's better and honestly this has left it so open that it just makes it more enjoyable than putting it in a box. Mm-hmm. Um, which I feel Bozer has given us as well as just the rules of this game. Um, so for me, it it trumps like D&D as much as D&D was like the first game that I started with. It's up there. Um, and I feel like even as a newbie like GM, it's very appealing to me that as well because sometimes as a gm like you feel like you're always making it up it's always your 
And sometimes you're like, uh, it's your story too. And to be able Mm -hmm. to give that power to the players is a beautiful thing. Well, I just really quick, it's not like giving it to the players, like with fate, like, like it's in the players hands and the players Mm -hmm. have to take it. Because mm-hmm. in D&D, I feel like I try constantly to give that power to players, but they right. have the option to not take it. Right? Hmm. It's Whereas, like, that's where that's this game... Point. That's where this game is the opposite. Hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. And I think you have to have the right people to play this game in order for it to work. Yeah, that's yeah, what that's I was fair. trying to say. Yeah. yeah. When yeah. we did our auditions, we specifically said we want a role-play-heavy game, narrative-driven. So if that's what you're looking for come audition and that's what brought us the most amazing people out here it's the reason i auditioned cool uh for me this is uh fate is a system built for someone like me i'm 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 an improviser so giving me the reins to a game where unless something has been explicitly said no it's available to me at all times is just Mm. too much power for someone like me to resist (laughs) that's fair uh, so I and I also I love that whereas there's a different challenge to D&D and Pathfinder that I really like it's uh, I've been unfortunately mostly with murder hobo teams for those where role playing is what I'm more interested in more my jam so yeah. my job at the tables for those D&D and Pathfinder games was always to bring the role play for I, I was providing it for the party right and so being able to do a game like this where it's just everybody has the same intention we're coming in we know we have to take the reins of our own story and just work in that that yes and of improv and trust that everybody you're doing these scenes with has your best intentions as well as their own it's it's great mm-hmm. it's perfect for me it's fate's fate's top tier for me awesome yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Um, T, what do you got? I think Fate is an incomplete game. I think it is intended to be a game inside of a game that adds more options um, to a TTRPG that doesn't necessarily have the implemented character-driven aspects of a game, and it's more mechanical-heavy. I think fate is in that rule light enough. You can slot that into whatever type of game you need it to be to kind of help open the world up to kind of help flesh it out. D and D is not a great example because obviously there's lore in an infinite amount to D and D. But fate core is not something that you bring to a newbie table. It's mm. very, it's way too broad. There's not enough rules. Uh, and as Austin can attest, as much as you try to put that type of thing into a player's hands, uh, you're either going to have to want be sitting at the table for your first time, wanting that to be what you want, um, or you're going to have to break past that. What every player does break through your comfort level of role playing in character, getting into it and feeding off of each other's energies. And I don't think fate is something you introduce people like, Hey, I want you to try TTRPGs fate. I think would, probably turn people away from ttrpgs Mm. if they don't have a lot of experience because it's too much on the player side you 100 can have the dm run 
in a larger quantity, but the way fate is kind of written and established, it's a, a collaborative table. You're yes anding, you're no budding, and you're just continuing off of the next person and running and running and running it. So I think mm. fate is something you slot into. Like if you want to do like a Warhammer game, for example, Warhammer is going to be a very, very mechanically technical enhanced game. But if you wanted to add a life to that, you would plug in a fate system just on top of that because you can just swap out dice to whatever you need to be. And you have a narrative way to add into a world that may not have a narrative backing to it without having to break the game and come up with your own game mm -hmm. live all at the same time. Uh, actually, actually, to attest to that, um, I did uh, a one-off on D&D &D where I used the fate uh, aspects as inspiration. Um, okay. So I got nice. them to write three or four uh, character traits, and then if they could apply those, or if I could apply them negatively into the game, I would give them an inspiration dice to use in that moment, but I would also use those inspiration dice to go against him so like say like it's a character mm. that like i will never hit a woman i introduce a female character and they attack him with that plus uh d 1d6 uh because that is against mm. that trait and then they can use that to uh you know then they get like you, you said uh or the way it works right is i invoke or you invoke i uh compel right so i would compel you can't hit a woman and i'd make it harder by adding that d6 and then you get that fate point that inspiration point mm. to uh Good idea. also in your yeah. uh character traits that's interesting smart. yeah i used it again with a role play heavy table yep um and it was uh, yeah it was really fun wow but see, like exactly what you're saying like i'm realizing like this is not a newbie table except mm -mm. brit for the most part is the most newbie but she's not newbie and then all of you have either played for years or you played Fate before. Because remember when we played Black Paper Moon for that one off so as a review? It was so fun. But uh, my brother-in-law was at that table. Hey, and he, he is not a TTRPG role player at all. And he mm -hmm. struggled so much. He's like, what, what am I supposed to do? I'm like, what do you want to do? It's like, uh, I want you to tell me what I want to do. Because I, I just want to roll what I'm supposed to. And yeah. he really struggled with it. And I can't imagine trying to put them into a fate system it's yeah. just something just you have to train yeah. yourself to understand yeah. like so many things and this is going to open up just a whole nother conversation but there's a lot of things in life just in general you're kind of spoon fed so you are aware of like what your options are they may not be blatantly set out but you know a b and c d are present but when you're in something like fate core like there's literally an infinite amount of yeah. things that you can do, and that can just be a crippling thing because it's just an overwhelming amount of options. Like, think how often do you sit down and like watch, pull on Netflix and like, there's I don't know what the fuck to watch. I'm gonna do yes. this for the team. next 45 yeah. minutes totally. because this there's just too team. many options. Yeah. 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 But next thing yeah. you know, you're looking at your DVD collection, which is we all know much smaller now because of today's day and age, going from nine thousand different options to oh, I've got nineteen. Ah, that one catches my I'll catch that one because it's become so much more limited. Uh-huh. Having that, yeah, having that understanding of that you can do anything could just be so debilitating to people yeah. because mm -hmm. they like, For sure. what do you mean by like anything? I mean, totally. you can go 
kick a donkey in the dick if you want. Like, but it's like it's more than that though, because when you play D and D, you're a cleric, right? And this is the cleric abilities, and then mm -hmm. you get your subclass, and then you pick your spells. That's what they do, right? Yep. When I made a a geezer with a grappling hook, I had to decide <laughs> what my attacks work and how they work. Mm -hmm. I had to decide the things that the DM was going to compel me and what I was going to use to become stronger, mm -hmm. right? It's not mm -hmm. just like I'm picking options and getting results. Like, like I have to mm -hmm. decide the mechanics of my character. No, and that's yeah. a very... So much example. responsibility. Yeah, totally. I've been playing for 10 <laughs> New players years now. I couldn't make this fucking character. I did not understand stunts because it was too fucking broad. Mm -hmm. I had to have mm -hmm. several of you hold my hand to help walk <laughs> me through writing out these stunts because like, I knew what I wanted the character to do, but to then take these abilities and write a catchphrase for them, it just was one of those things like, I don't fucking know. Like, like I had the concept of Theo and what I wanted him to be, but when you told me, okay, now sit down and write out what those exact things are, what, what the fuck do you mean? I gotta sit down and write this Which out. Like, I felt like Lucas, like, no, fuck this character. She, I ain't doing the goddamn thing. Which is why I only have two stunts. <laughs> <laughs> Ask me to make a D and D character. It'll be done in five minutes. Mm. Ask me to do City of Mist or this. No, fuck me. Okay. Uh... <laughs> and I think the other issue is D and D being the everybody's go to catch all. There's no mm -hmm. other uh, system where you have websites that hold your hand making a character sheet. You Very can't true. play any other game that gives you a step-by-step -step basis of input these things here, this goes here, these are your mm -hmm. options. I There may be other things out there. I can't name another TTRPG that has that many available resources that have mm -hmm. a computer-generated system, software associated with it to just make it that simple for you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah, that's fair. Well, um, we have successfully gone through all 45 of my questions. Nice. Wow. We did it. Yeah, we we knocked them all out. We went we walked through basically all of season one. I'm sure we missed some pretty interesting little moments and whatnot, but you guys will all just have to watch the damn thing so you can see it. I do um, have a question for everybody, though. Yeah, go for oh, it. Yeah, what character do you think has grown the most in this first season? Easy. That's an easy one. Answer yeah. first, then. then. Oh, Serkin, yeah. for sure. Grown? Yes. No, he's just in his element. <laughs> See, I strongly disagree. No, I, I'm, I'm actually, I'm with T. I think it's me. Uh, I also haven't been here. Like Only that. because I know exactly where Serkin was. I know better than anyone where I started. <laughs> <laughs> And obviously, I've got I've got a little bit of inside information of what's going on with Serkin and a little bit more understanding of his background. Uh, but I would 100% argue that Serkin's had the most growth because he is... We all got the ick from Serkin immediately on episode one. And I would almost go to say Serkin might be a fan favorite character. Uh, if you remove Nan from the equation, I think Serkin is just somebody that... I think if we ran a poll, I think would collectively probably be one of the more higher voted characters. And as much as people oh. like villains and are attracted to that evil vibrato, um, I think seeing Serkin go from that, yeah, I'll do anything uh, that I'm being paid to do to now developing that conscience of, no, no, I'll do what I want to do. I, I'll take influence. 
I'll, <laughs> I'll let other people kind of help steer and turn on a blinker. But I think Serkin's kind of coming into that. No, this is my life and I'm going to run it how I see fit. Serkin uh, had the fuel. We just needed to be the spark to make him go where he wanted to go. Theo needed Man, to all know these that a fire things this tonight. <laughs> I'm telling you, I'm telling you, we're we're bringing this thing down to earth. It's gonna be the whole thing's gonna go. <laughs> I hope you do. I want to go down there. I want to see. What I hope you. Do. I want to see what's down there. You know what I want to see? We... I want to see a map of the city. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> see that'll be the next. That'll sometime. be the next graphic that happens. It'll be Bozer finally makes a map. Season three. Nice. And don't worry, guys. We have more merch coming out this Thursday. Yep. Is I don't even map? know about this merch. We have merch. Slightly we have a now. lot of merch designs. We just, have, we just haven't we released, released shit of it. So, oh yeah, we're going to do a huge drop. So I'm just oh, going to yeah. speak Sweet. it into existence without communicating with anybody. I will tell you, I have one of the t-shirts. I have the Head in the Clouds t-shirt, and it is mm. so comfy. Is it like it is one of my favorite t-shirts. I feel like I ordered one a long time ago and it's never come. <laughs> Unless you're a fat person, then our merch is not intended for you. It's it does have limits nice, on sizes and I hate our merch. The green color with the head in the clouds. It's a good way to push it too. It's a good way to get people to buy it. I am very vocal <laughs> about my frustration. If you want merch. some good shirts, head search Dairy Public Radio on that. <laughs> <laughs> Shameless plug. It's out of your mind, so comfy. So if you want a comfy shirt, not like what T wants. <laughs> does anybody oh, look, else Amanda's still alive? <laughs> Oh, yeah, there is a link there. Um, does anybody else have any other questions that you want asked or answered or anything uh, from anybody? We took some from Instagram earlier today. Ooh. Uh -oh. We just got a couple. Um, oh, here's a good one. What's your favorite circonism, Kit Swear, or Old Man Wayland Mishap? <laughs> <laughs> What's done can't be undone. And is that directed to Farrells? A done bun. A done bun can't be undone. Can't be undone. That's it. Yep. That's a season two spoiler. Yeah, that's a that's a tease oh, no. for, for coming up. I already said mine, and it's uh whale the old man anger in the car trying to get out of the car. Right hand man. <laughs> oh man, what, you laughed so, so hard at that. Swears. <laughs> My favorite, oh, Kit Swear is um, Life Sometimes Fucks You oh, in the yeah. Butt. <laughs> That's <laughs> a good like, one. Just the choice that to was... butt instead of ass. She's at a convenience store, right? This character is yeah. my absolute favorite because you know that's how Brit communicates. And so it's those <laughs> moments that we see that she breaks character and Brit is just talking. Uh, yeah. I was yeah, going to spoil something, but I'm not going to because I thought of another it. kidism. No. Oh. Mm -mm. I thought of the same one, Kit. I, know I will say thinking. it's been a lot of fun to be a grumpy old man. <laughs> I just like, I've spent my life, you know, I like, I worked in warehouses most of my life, you know, so I'm just surrounded by that like uncomfortable anger. Like, and they'll just be like a grumpy old dude and they'll stub their toe and they'll just act like 
everyone's against them in that moment and i feel like <laughs> i've got so much thought comes out i've got so much like i've got so much palpable experience of like just being uncomfortable in the presence of an old man that i'm just like <laughs> so proud to expel onto everyone oh i remembered <laughs> one of my favorite Waylon moments you're in you're in theo's kitchen and he just made dinner awesome. and he says i take another thoughtful bite of my pasta <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Not pasta, pasta. 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 Oh, I forgot. Is that literally how you say it in Canada? Is that a Wayland pasta thing or is that pasta? a Canada thing? Pasta or pasta? I say both. I say both. It depends on like where it is in the sentence, I guess, or like what <laughs> syllables are, or not syllables, what vowels are around the word. Yeah. I want to. I want to unwrap that so bad. No, it's like you know what I mean. No, like, like sense. No if it doesn't, necessary. yeah. If it doesn't feel like, yeah. If it doesn't feel comfortable to say pasta there, because sometimes you say pasta and you feel like mm, pasta, but sometimes it's pasta. <laughs> Honest to God, I've never felt like that once. You've never once said pasta and thought mm, pasta. <laughs> How pretentious no, am I right no, now? What well, is pasta? pasta. I take I, back my previous no. statement. I do want to meet Austin. It's going to haunt my vernacular forever now. Yeah, oh, it's the only that. thing I'm going to think now. What do you I want for dinner? Like, oh. Pasta. Pasta. Mm, oh, give me the yeah, pasta. 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 Do you have any for my I just want to make him say, like, against and about <laughs> and against? all those words. Wait, against? Yeah. About? <laughs> say against. No. Against. Really? Yeah, yeah. yeah but no, you, you say it against. You say against. You say against. 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 And you yeah, said against. 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 That's my favorite thing. I don't recognize. Like I don't it's point it out because again. I, I don't want him to feel <laughs> awkward about having just that the Canadian accent with a bunch of Americans. But it, it always brings me back is when the Canadian accent comes out and I get so giddy inside I my crew. Another one. But Another again, but, but like with the with the about a boot stuff again, it's the same with the pasta. Uh, pasta the syllables. Thing. It it has to no. It's the vowel sounds around the sentence. Like it it just happens naturally. Your like, ADHD I, is showing because it just show it emphasizes how quickly your brain is moving as you're speaking in real time. So you're consciously <laughs> thinking about which way you're going to pronounce yeah. these well, words. It's just like, so which, it's like, depending on which line of a haiku it would be in. Well, sometimes it's italicized <laughs> by the by like the, so like if I'm going to say a, a boot, right? Yeah. Like that's that's going to be like I'm going to be saying something that's like definitely Canadian or fucking around. <laughs> you know I mean. You know what I mean, like, cause like it'll happen. It'll come out like sure. fuck, bud. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I don't, I'll say bud to you. I'm not gonna call you bud, right? I'm like, oh fuck, bud. Yeah, like, oh, oh god. Oh, she's fine. You know what I mean? Like that's like th those are like those happen in specific instances. I feel like the American Canadian thing is like it's more like maybe you you could consider a Canadian accent like a tick. <laughs> Honestly, yeah. like a vocal pick. Uh -huh. <laughs> someone who lives very close to Canada, it's like a very like it's we, like on the border. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And my mom, she Don't works. Uh, she works with Americans a lot. So like every once in a while, she's she'll say something and it sounds so American out of her mouth. I'm like, who are you? Who are you trying to <laughs> be right now? <laughs> I work with a lot of Canadian retail, so every time I get those area codes, I'm like, yes. Farls, <laughs> this has been so much fun, man. Thank you, Farls. Yeah, it's been great. It's been excellent. You answered all of the questions that I've been meaning to ask everyone individually. Start right now. I want to call you. Too. I was just <laughs> yeah. over here pinching myself because 
Like, I think anybody that creates a homebrew, like, the most you can ask is that your players, or if it's recorded and put out on the internet, that somebody, like, keens into it as much as you do. And hmm. this has just been such, like, a validating and such a beautiful experience just hearing your thoughts and see seeing how you see this world that we created as an audience member and being as invested in it. It means so, so much. And we thank you. I just want to point out, Bozer, my campaign's never had a Faro, so clearly you're the better DM. Well, your first one it's... wasn't put on the internet, and <laughs> your second one was a flop. Was just us. We didn't bring other talented creators in with us. <laughs> I just want to point out, we now have a Farrells to show who the better DM of 4 Geeks by Geeks is. I think it's My campaigns player. have always had a Farrells. Oh! That's true. I mean, it's been it's been excellent. I, I've I said this I'm before. I moving networks. I, <laughs> I don't... Uh, I don't just like chill out for, for anything. I if, if it doesn't interest me, I, I won't watch it or listen to it more than like an episode. And this has been, this has been incredible. I mean, it's been awesome. The whole campaign, all of you working together and, and doing such a good job and, and sounding like you've been playing together for 10 years. It's, it's really been an enjoyable thing to watch. And the characters are amazing. Just like the, the all, the oh shit moments that happened all throughout the series and then you know the 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 phones being at attacking Wayland like it's just all <laughs> it's been it's been really amazing and I'm super psyched for more of it to happen um and thank you all for letting me uh grill you for two and a half hours here this has been <laughs> this is a dream come true yeah, I'm so <laughs> grounded you're appreciate you, Charles. yeah thank you very much absolutely also, if you don't start calling me, I will be upset. I will work on that. I also <laughs> like that my screen's so big here that when someone's I'm looking at like someone talking on my screen, I'm actually like looking at <laughs> yeah. them on the camera. Uh, so like Brady Bunch. Yeah. <laughs> yeah All right, exactly. Farrell, how well are you comfortable with our outro? Uh, you have an outro? <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> um. I don't have Twitch. I, I think uh, I think I gotta say um, I'm. Oh yeah, should we do that first? And then I say the I'm Farls, and then you guys all say your things, and then I say keep, and then do this geeking out. Do you know yes, what this is? Until next Got time. It. It's a heart. Um, is it? Yes. Sorry, yeah. huh. oh, which is? is a Korean uh, informal way of saying I love you. You didn't, you didn't know that? I never. Look at Josh's face. Look at his face. I, I never, I never noticed. One of the founders I thought it was just was like a... Korean, and that's what he brought to the channel was oh, Sarangay. I love that. Uh, yeah, merch, merch is still available. Always available, and the proceeds go that's to cool. stopaapihate.com. Sweet. All right. Well, I know what I'm buying tonight. <laughs> Etsy right. slash Dairy Public Radio. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for the plug, Farls. I appreciate that. Thank oh. you. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. Apparently right, someone misspelled it out. <laughs> All right. Um, I guess I'll, I'll start. Um, as, as always, I'm Farrells. I'm Bozer. I don't know. I'm, I'm Austin. <laughs> oh. <laughs> no, We're professionals. He goes last. Yeah, you wait. Hold on. <laughs> I'm in the wrong spot. You guys One, moved me. One, two, three. 
<laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, that's an inside joke, damn it. As always, I'm Farrells. <laughs> I'm Brozer. I'm Austin. <laughs> I'm Brits. I'm Josh. And I'm here. I'm T. <laughs> and until next time, just keep geeking out. Geeking out. out. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Bye, everybody. Uh...